Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Yes, you did. What's happening, weirdos? Uh, great, 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 great episode with Emily Maya Mills, just one of my favorite people. Something that we uh, I realized after we wrapped up this episode, it was a perfect length and everything, but we never really got to just how hilarious Emily is. Uh, she didn't obviously ask me to say this. I just realized we kind of skipped over the comedy thing. Emily is such a fantastic stand-up. I love watching her perform. So if you get a chance to, definitely go do it. Do it. And uh, my show, The Pete Holmes Show, is going to be back February 24th. These are the plugs. You say, go to PeteHolmes.com, and uh, you'll get all the details that you need. Any tour dates that will be added will also be on PeteHolmes.com, and you can watch clips from the first seven weeks of that show in case you missed it. Uh, But let's get to this uh, wonderful episode with Emily. Our sponsor this week is Stamps.com, the wonderful Stamps.com. If you haven't heard yet, postage rates are changing again. And you know what that means. The post office is going to be soon more crowded than usual, which is actually why I use Stamps.com. You can buy and print official U.S. postage right from my desk using my own computer and printer. Stamps.com always updates the postage rates for you automatically. And unlike those postage meter companies, Stamps.com never charges a fee to do it. So with Stamps.com, you always get the exact postage you need for any letter or package the instant you need it. You never have to go to the post office again. How great is that? I enjoy it. I haven't been to the post office in like six months. What I get to do now, Stamps.com, send out merch to my fans, send packages home to the East Coast, send stuff to my friends in the Midwest back in Chicago. I use stamps.com right from my desk. Right now, they have a special offer for you. When you use my name, Pete, at checkout, you get a no-risk trial plus a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and up to $55 of free postage. So don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Pete. That's stamps.com. Enter Pete. And now, enjoy Emily Maya Mills, who's hilarious. You're going to like it. Yeah. Oh, God, would you sit here? Look, someone moved the table slightly. For the new year? Yes, you know, we were putting it off, and then we resolved to move the table just just an inch to the right. You'd think, you know, I'm a little embarrassed is that I, I can't, like, I don't like resolutions. I'm going to be like, I don't like you. No, no, this no. isn't what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you. I don't like your energy. No, I love you. You're we wonderful. We're going to explore that for a while. You're one of my favorite people. You're one of those people. Thank you. You know, I met you and I was just like, what's her, th- what's her deal? Mm. Well, you're, very, you're smiley. Smiley, yeah. Because we've always had that bond. We do have that bond. <laughs> you think of me as smiley? Yeah. Ah, that's interesting. Do you think... Smiling eyes, too. Ooh, smiling eyes. And the Renee Zellweger thing. I know. We both got a little <laughs> bit of that, a touch of that. I understand what you're saying. Uh, but do you consider yourself smiley? Because when you say that to me, it's, it's one of those things that comes up on the show all the time is I'm me all the time. Right. So you know you when you're just Emily Maya Mills just like, you know, looking in the mirror like, 
where where's I don't know having a I was gonna say where's the time gone but I didn't I, I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to give you like a regretting all those yeah, yeah, trysts yeah. in my twenties. I, I was trying to think of something you might worry about, and I was like, what do women about? Uh, women, what do women worry about? Where has the time? They mostly gone? do what's happening to my face. Yeah. Oh no, that is, that's, I, that is kind of what I meant. But you have a lovely face. But oh that's not what I meant. Oh thank God. You. Oh you. We've it fleets, we've started. It? What's that? I said youth. It fleets, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm obsessed with uh, youth and the, and the things that uh, people know this already. Weird things that you can eat that make you younger and stuff. Mm. I'm such an idiot, though. You do it all. As, as I say that, I'm, I'm sure people are like, "Well, gonna turn this one off." <laughs> Not because of you, but because if I get because on a tear, of the mud mask. if I get on a yeah, because of like weird things you can be doing. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. But anyway, tell me, tell me if you think of yourself as a smiley person. Oh yeah, I guess. I do. You know, it's funny. I have. Um, I think of myself as someone who was born smiley, super smiley. Yeah. Like ridiculous, kind of always Just known facially. for that. Yeah. Facially. Facially. Have you ever been called smiley as a nickname? Yeah. Older men. Older men. Uh, no, not older men. If my father met you, he'd call you Smiley. That's where I'm getting at. He'd be like, ah, Smiley! Oh, it's Smiley! So you're saying... People would call me M. Smiley a lot. Like Emily, or throwing an S in the middle of Emily. Oh, M. Smiley. You know. That's not bad. It's not terrible. Where'd you grow up? A commune of artists? (laughs) Who thought (laughs) of that genius nickname? That is not a normal nickname. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a minute to get it. I know. It's not good. I think that was among (laughs) kids in San Francisco, but that was less the commune. There was a commune of artists involved. Really? Yeah. How odd. That I guess that. Yeah. Um, so you grew, uh, so we say on the smiley thing, I guess I'll write, smiley. I'll write down commune of artists. Well, tell me that. That came up. Well, yeah. Uh, commune of art. My parents. What does that mean? Really? My parents, well, before I was born, they were on a commune with like, sort of like my brother was born in Weimar, California, in this like plot of land that their classmate friend had decided was going to one day be a marine when they built a dam on some. So there was this this promise of it one day being a uh a profitable, you know, bustling area. But they all moved out there and my parents built their first house by hand and they were all just kind of growing weed and living off the land, man. Really? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Your parents were real life San Francisco hippies? They were. Wow. They were. And what year was that roughly? I don't cuz parents my, are different ages. Yeah, they are. Dylan was my brother was born in 73 and they came down to the city. I have the joke that they came out of the woods to look for work in the early 80s, you know. Wait. Or actually, it was probably the late 70s when they uh-huh. came down to the city. So your brother's a little bit older? He's a little bit older, yeah. Okay, okay. And uh, do they maintain a hippie sort of like... I'm, I'm into that sort of it's shit. Fu- no, it's super fascinating because no, not exactly. Like, they, yes, they have that in them, but there's been so much sort of transition that's gone on since. And like my mom, you know, in the early 80s, I also I have a lot of jokes about this, but she... Please, she, use them freely. Yeah, act, she, act like it's morning radio and just do them without just even lean saying. Lean right into Yeah, yeah. Lean, fight, no, don't but fight she cut off her, all her. She had really did have like the hair to butthole hippie hair, hippie hair, yeah, and cut that off in one swift ponytail into oh, like no. what I call um, business in the front, business in the back, <laughs> all business, all business, all the way around. Your mom now has. And I'm picturing kind of a, a haircut more associated with a lesbian. Yeah, is that is well, that right? I, I don't mean to yeah yeah stereotype yeah, I, lesbians, but a lot of them favor a, more of a I guess a, a butchy haircut. Yeah, it's sort of like a true San Francisco feminist. Uh, is she still with your father? No, they're not together. Anymore. Are she with a woman? No, 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 no. <laughs> but I do like I, I have. <laughs> 
I wasn't I, even kidding. I was no. like, what a fun way. You told us about her haircut. And I'm like, yep. That's how yep. you wanted to tell us that you have a lesbian <laughs> no, mom. No. Uh-huh. No, that sometimes I do pass by she and her friend's uh, investment group meeting party that they have once a month, all women. And I did, this is a true story, I did one time hear them saying, group. like, she was hot when she was a freshman. And you're like, what are you guys, are you guys going to... Yeah, and it's like women they're are talking, allowed to talk that way. They are. But she, they can... were talking about Hillary Rodham. I mean, no, they were talking about uh, Diane Feinstein in her freshman year as a senator. Oh, I don't know. Just like is. just a f- fresh, a freshman fresh senator, <laughs> not a freshman. Yeah. Like in, oh, under, I see. I see. I not see. a yeah uh, mm. undergrad, but mm-hmm. an actual freshman senator. So she uh, has an investment group. What? Why? You, you talked about the commune being like an investment opportunity. Oh, that was sort of. Well, are she's you, shrewd. My mom. Yeah, are these like, uh, like get rich quick kind of hippies. <laughs> no. That's a special kind of hippie. It is a special kind. Oh, of hippie. we're gonna sell these rocks, man. It's a special kind of crystals. It's a special kind of person. I've yeah. always like. I, I'm very uh, influenced. If uh, I still like watching infomercials for pleasure mm. because I just love. When, even when I was a kid, I remember I bought something called the Easy Crunch because I was like, that makes doing crunches easy. <laughs> it's right in the name. But Thus I, canceling out the effect. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. This is effortless. <laughs> They're supposed to be hard. That's why. Yes. That's the whole purpose. What are you going to oh do? Oh, my God. If you had had an infomercial on after the easy crunch, just being like regular crunch. <laughs> right. They're supposed to be hard. They're supposed to be hard. You dumb shit. That's me watching TV all the time, just poking holes and everything. I Poke can't them holes. Up. Is it's that terrible. true? Yeah. In plots and stuff? Yeah, all the time. We I'm terrible to really? watch TV with. Um, I'm writing down infomercial magic. <laughs> because tell me about what does that mean? Isn't that what a comedian kind of does? Though? Yeah. I was watching uh, the Ace Ventura movie. Good. Yep. Good one. It's great. I love it. And I never smoke. <laughs> I never smoke weed, really. Yeah. I wish I could. In fact, when we were talking about being hippies and you saying your parents growing our own pot, it's like, why am I missing that one enjoyment thing? Like, I, I'm all into all that weird stuff, but like, weed just fucks me up. Mm-hmm. It really fucks me up. It makes me grasp for words for about three weeks after I smoke yeah. it. I don't know what my problem is. Yeah. Or maybe my lack of problem is. I'm, I'm not sure. No, I, I, I'm envious of that meaning that you don't smoke weed because because it's so bad. It's so bad, but like I have the same effects and I still do it anyways. Really, you sometimes. fight? You fight through? I fight through it. No, I mean I, I fight through with a lot of things. Like lately, uh, just just this is what I was going to tell you at the beginning was I've just been like I'm going to take it easy on alcohol, and everyone's going to think that it's because of the new year, which yeah. I resent. Yeah, because I don't put any stock in that. It just yeah. happened to be around the new year. Yeah, that I mean. It makes I'm sense. doing the same thing. Is that right? Yeah. And I don't really associate it with the new year either because... When you're older, it just happens organically. Because <laughs> like, you have like the holidays. You have Thanksgiving, yeah. Christmas, New Year's, and you're like, all right. It sends you into this hi- hibernation state that yeah. you, you do have to you have oh, to whip out of. It's the worst. It is. The holidays. Who needs them? I don't know. Shouldn't it be the holidays year round? People are like, it's Christmas. Be friendly. Fuck you, <laughs> fucking asshole. Love your kin. Yes. Yeah, stop being a cock. All the time. Yeah. Oh, I dinged his door. It's Christmas. I'll leave a note. <laughs> How about leave a note all the time, you piece of shit? The gift of Christmas. That's the gift of Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Love your neighbor. Give gift. Why? Why? I'm sorry. But why do we have to have a holiday that's like, give your wife a gift, you fucking shit? You fucking shit. Look, I, I understand. Like, it's it's fun to time your presents. I'm not good with gifts, like withholding them. Yeah. Like, if uh, if if I had a girlfriend and it was Christmas, I'm terrible at like hiding the gift. Like, if I think of the perfect gift, I have a really hard time being like, and, and now put it under the tree. The feeling of yeah. giving, yes, because yes. we could all 
aneurysm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And fucking Carol never got this brooch. <laughs> <laughs> I never got to see Carol enjoy the brooch. It could all end now. That's that is true. But it, I'm, that also makes me not a very romantic person. Classically romantic. Not. I don't even mean relationally romantic. I just mean the romance of holidays. Right. Being like, let's put it off. My fucking family sucks a dick at gifts. We're the worst. We hand yeah. each other no card. Really, no card. Amazon package uh, open it with the slip and it's something that you asked can for can you sign for this yeah. <laughs> your family blows at Christmas too yeah well see the thing is that my mom was always like very still very pragmatic so she's always she's she wants it to be something you need yeah which means that a lot of times it's something you she got you already or yeah, some kind of tuition are, you, are we talking about socks we're talking something? about oh like a tuition she writes help. you a your welcome note for tuition <laughs> hey you're welcome for all that tuition remember when you went to summer camp oh, that summer. Oh, God. Or, but I mean, now I'm super happy about it because like, well, like going into Christmas, she's like, I want it to be something. If it's not utilitarian, I just can't stand giving it. You know, she just can't really? do like the... Why? Just, she, she's so practical in that way. She's a uh, an architect and general contractor, project manager type. So it's like her mind is very really? like problem solving. I kind of like that because I was picturing like a hippie. That's the thing. But then she, you know, breaks out the the this what is it that ruler? The, <laughs> yeah, the, the T. Yeah, the T. The T. T bar ruler. T square. T square. A T square. Yeah. She breaks out the T square and like builds a museum. Yes. That's hard to do when you're full of uh, mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like it just looks like Ronald Reagan's face, and you're like, you go in the nose, man. You go in the nose. And you tell him, give him a piece of your mind Because <laughs> that's where the brain is, man. How do you get out? You don't come out, man. <laughs> it's Reagan's face. <laughs> There's no escape. That's basically we just pitched the, the, the hospital from Patch Adams, but it's wrong. Right? <laughs> Didn't you go in a face? Something terrifying? Uh, something. I, I I don't remember that. I remember yeah, that. Nobody, that was like... And it's the end of the movie. You're, I'm, I'm assuming not only that you've seen Patch Adams recently, but also watched it yeah, to the end. To the end. That's a thin. I think the second part is that's not. That's a sliver. Not true. Part. Yeah, people were like, "Yeah, oh, this will be a good time." Oh, <laughs> you got cancer, and then and then you're like, "This isn't for me." And then people, sorry, Patch Adams. No, I'm sure it's a wonderful. <laughs> Thinking film. of the movie Patch Adams, listening to this podcast <laughs> with earphones and a cigarette. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, time to get my mind off my woes with my favorite podcast." Oh, so weed and then your mom. But we were talking about weed and fighting through and being shitty at gifts. Yeah, well, uh, uh, we were we were talking about how my mom. I wrote down weed. Somehow the get rich. Uh, oh yeah, get rich quick. Well, infomercials believing in magic. That see, that's my problem. I actually don't think it's a problem. I feel like there's two groups of people: those that are like looking for magic, mm-hmm. and then there's people that are, are are rational. Right. And it sounds like I just made fun of people that are looking for magic, but I'm in that group. I'm in that group. I too. would call it transrational. Right. Right. Transrational. Transrational. People that doesn't are like, all have it's to not, make it doesn't make sense. sense. Yeah. Yes. This is where myths and stories and, and art all come into play and music, right. stuff that stirs shit in you that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And everybody else is count, counting stars to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is great. Thank you for counting those stars because you're helping the earth, you're helping us live. You're completely necessary. But I, I, I have a problem with people taking uh, some of the value out of transrational people. Right, right, right. I saw someone tweet the other day, magic isn't real. And I was like, you know, I had to tweet back, like, frowny yeah. face. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. like, no, but I mean, he was like, I meant literal. I, and I just said, like, there's magic in infinity. There's magic in art. There's magic in iPhones. There are magic yeah, in goddamn of course, wands. You know of course, I mean? of course. That's not all on the same track, but... Then his response was like that that 
uh, I mean, there is not literal magic. Those are all uh, theoretical, like sort of a, a poetic interpretation of magic or right. something. You're, you, it's like you're adding magic after the fact. Right. You're like, we've discovered radio waves and we can send a song from the station to your house and then we're going to call it magic. Right. But if you started from being like, we're going to magically and without <laughs> any understanding do it. Mm-hmm. I think when you don't have understanding, I think, see, this is where I relate to the logical people, the mm-hmm. rational people, mm-hmm. is is you're like, well, if, if you take away logic, it seems like magic. Right. This is where you get people, you know, uh, I'm not shitting on Native Americans, but like thinking glass beads are, mag- uh, are like valuable. Right. Or like um, going into David Blaine going into the Amazon and showing tricks and people really believing that he has powers because they don't understand sleight of hand or right. whatever. But so then what do you say to the, the I think there's a study somewhere that if you're if someone's playing if a robot's playing dice, yes. it'll have like a very equal sort of law of averages result every time it rolls a dice. But if you put someone in the house near the dice who are thinking or intending yes. numbers, the likelihood that those numbers Emily, increase. Who, I mean who are you talking to <laughs> right <know>. now? <laughs> No, but protection. please. But please. <laughs> I know. It, uh, no, but like, <laughs> I'm completely with you. No, I know. Uh, what did they do? They had this uh, this um, number randomizer sort of thing. And again, I, I, you know what? Fuck it. I just, I, I get a lot of shit. People give me, if I get shit for anything on the show, it's two things. It's talking about open relationships and it's talking about this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So please forgive me. At least I'll keep it brief. But they have a number randomizer and, and they monitor it when people are uh, major world events that unify things. 9-11, mm-hmm, huge mm-hmm. earthquakes, huge tsunamis. And they see that the numbers are uh, less or more sequential and less random because every I don't even know what that means. I can't explain you, that. But are you talking about the predictive aspect of it or the... the They're the saying thing? that when the world is united mm-hmm. and everybody's thinking on the same thing, mm-hmm. which is kind of like almost like hands across America, that sure. urge that we have, I would say, and I use this example all the time, to watch a movie that's on TV even though you own it. You want to do something communally right. because it links, I believe, that it links us subconsciously. It links our collective unconscious. Mm-hmm. And, and it could affect – you're saying a robot rolling dice, somebody in the room thinking about certain numbers, uh, uh, people willing, all that silly stuff, mm-hmm. prayer or, or mm-hmm. intention. Intent, yeah. yeah. What were yeah. you going to say? Intent. Oh, I was just uh, – intent. Like, oh, I, int- I started, you were going to say intent. Yeah, because I, I, I grew up sans religion. Sans. Zero. Sans zero. So Son Zimmerman. Like, <laughs> Son Zimmerman. That's Son Zimmerman turning down a job. This movie's going to be Son Zimmerman. And no one heard him, so he has to say it again. Uh, people just get mad about Trayvon Martin. Oh, uh, I know. Um, that's... Is Han Zimmerman not a composer? Yes. And then why did Trayvon Martin come in? Zimmerman. Just people don't, uh, people don't know that, oh, and so they I just see. make an association. That's, that a, that's not... a better known uh, cu- cultural Zimmerman currently. It is, but he's not Hans, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. I wish the world were sons that Zimmerman. Sons that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then the podcast is over. <laughs> We've been doing this show for 100 some odd episodes just so I could be political for the first time and be like, you know, we could have done without that guy. He wasn't great. <laughs> and it's over forever. Is he alive? He is alive. He's yeah. doing paintings and selling them on eBay for too, like a lot of money. I mean... Yeah. I can't... You know, what are you going to do? The world goes round, I guess. I don't know. But I mean, you'd get... If, if you had a Jeffrey Dahmer autograph, you'd, you'd keep it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that I'd seek it out. It actually goes back... I'm going to jump to a weird place Please. here. It actually goes back to that <clears throat> weird connection. Somebody like that Zimmerman fellow who did something completely terrible, mm-hmm. owning his painting... 
again, is acknowledging some sort of connection to right. this, to, uh, to admittedly all. a monster. To, but, but to all. all, yeah. But to all, and yeah. also to the victim. And all, I'm sure yeah. that's what people are, maybe they're just being shallow, and I don't mm-hmm. think they're necessarily thinking of those things. But we yearn for that sort of stuff. It's Why the, do people collect Nazi memorabilia? Right. They're probably cocksuckers, but I right. mean, like, some of them, people, historians, maybe are just kind of Pure like, historians are like, this is relevant. Yeah, this, is, this, is what our, this is what we did. Yeah. This is what our people did. Yes. Yes. This is what our consciousness did. Right. There's yeah. it's, it seems unrelated, but it's not. Like I was talking about this yesterday. I, I a lot of times will weep uh, at picket lines. Like yes. if I see people out picketing because of the unit, it's it yes. actually creates this sort of like overflow of emotion. Yes. Well, this is what we're missing. When when you watch, I only saw the movie Avatar once. It's not like my favorite thing uh, in the world. But when you watch them all like linking arms around yeah. the tree, yeah, I'm yeah, the, and things are lighting up and shit. That's just to me a dramatization of of something that we actually are missing. Sure. There's a lot of things that the Navi. The Navi, I Navi, think that's correct. Or just Native Americans, which is what we're just right. ripping off. Right. But the idea that we should be that, – that Native American that had that uh, – somewhat famously had like a, a vision of the future and he said that it's people living in rectangles and everybody's miserable. And that and that was recorded somewhere. Which is our houses. Pr- predicting apartments and houses. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he went – it wasn't just that, but that's mm-hmm. basically what he said. But I mean that that starvation, that communal starvation that we're all having. Mm-hmm. I mean, why do I have this podcast? Because for some reason, I will never call you to hang out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not yeah. you, but right. Katie too. I just right. had a nice chat with Katie. Why? Why? And you, and you look through your phone. You want to talk about iPhone magic, but you go through your phone, and there's wonderful, brilliant, genius people in my phone, and that I just don't go out and see. And sometimes when I do go out and see, I, uh, he won't mind me saying, Bo Burnham and I went to dinner the other day, his special was coming out, and he had to understandably deal with an issue. It was launching mm-hmm. and there was a problem, so he was on his phone quite mm-hmm. a bit. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But then I have Bo on the podcast, he's been on twice. That's six hours of Bo that I've had uninterrupted. Right. And, that's, and this podcast and, and things like this are an extension of our, our starvation for community. Yeah. So crying at picket lines, I completely get Crying it. at picket lines, I cry at, for, at farmer's markets for the same reason. That of course. Like, sort of, yeah. But, but I didn't mean to other, yell at you, but like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course. It's the same meaning is that it's all come uh, together for this purpose. There's an Eminem song, uh, it's called Till I Collapse, and the beat is like kind of like a We Will Rock You. It's like a stadium clap. Uh-huh. Just the sound, and it's, it's, I believe, I don't think it's com- computer made. I think it's recorded from a real crowd. Anytime... And there's actually a new Eminem song that uses, uh, I think it's called Survival, where there's a sound of crowds yelling or crowds clapping Mm -hmm. in unison. Or children singing together. Fuck you, Emily. (laughs) I mean, yes. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And when you take the purity of children, Mm -hmm. and it's not a bunch of like weirdos sneaking cigarettes out the back and who who just want to get out of there and jerk off to internet pornography. (laughs) If you actually have kids and Mm -hmm. you're just like, oh, they don't even know any better. Mm -hmm. They can't drive or eat a sandwich. You know what I mean? (laughs) We put them there and we use their light. And And that's why even the most heartless people cry and get emotional listening to children singing. But it's again, it's because... We're we're starving. We're starving yeah. for that moment. Exactly, children singing. And then, what do you think is that, like? I was talking about this yesterday, and it's sort of like the inverse. But uh, in New York City, whenever I'm there, like I kind of notice like certain stores, like Whole Foods, will have that racetrack style uh, checkout system where it's like there's there's a bank of checkers, and then there are all these like red, yellow, green, different lanes. Oh, you mean like, like in New York? Will, yeah, in the city. But then it's it's so intense, like the amount of people, the mass. Of, right. of humanity. Well, you get like a 
number three. Yeah. And, and then you like, have to go to number three. Yeah. And the person behind you, if you're in Manhattan, will be upset if you don't like immediately yeah, yeah, yeah. go to number three. Right. And you better find it. Right. It's like, where's number three? Yes. It's ridiculed. Right. In that, in that oh, system. Oh, absolutely. And But then the, it's the, sort of the onslaught of this wave of humanity. The actual checkers, I feel like they cannot look you in the eye. Yeah. They can't take in that it's too much. much. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why that's so brilliant. And also that's why I, I bring this up a lot. Uh, I always forget her name. It's like Mia Yosinovich. With the nice breasts and the... She's got great breasts. Yes. And I'll point this out to you. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, I do. She Can does you, She does the looking in, you in the eye. The artist is present. Installation. And yes. It's me, me, mm-hmm. Can I yep, tell you something weird about her breasts? What? They she, weren't as great when she was younger. Yes. <laughs> I am such a girl. I'm I'm 70, 30. I'm 70, I'm a C minus of a man. Marina Abramovich. Abram- Ab- yeah, Abramovich. Marina Abramovich. Yeah. Abramovich. Erin Brockovich. <laughs> Marina Abramovich. Yes. Well, let's talk about her breasts just for a second. Because she's, what, 67 uh-huh. or something? Uh-huh. And she's fucking hot yeah. as shit. Yeah. And uh, her I... breasts are, uh, let's just talk like girls. They, they're they not saggy. Uh, Pass the pencil test. They would, Yeah, the pencil test. Oh, my God. That's where they wouldn't keep a pencil they underneath them? They, they should. I guess if they sag, they keep a pencil. Yeah. You don't want them to keep you, a I pencil. I guess not. You want I be, mean, but come on. It's one of the few times in life you want to be dropping. Thing. It is ridiculous. And I'm thinking of some of my favorite breasts in the world in my own personal experience. They all would have <laughs> they, held they a would, pencil. They would have yeah. held one of those cartoonishly large like yeah. gift <laughs> pencils. They would have held something Banksy uses <laughs> <laughs> like to, to the side of a building. <laughs> that was so funny. That was such a fun moment for us. It was your bed. I just thought of another person that might use a big marker. A giant spray, a car, an but, auto, what? Oh. an auto painter. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. No, never apologize. <laughs> um, but I was going to say something that's fascinating and something that's been interesting to me was when she was younger. There's a lot of footage of her naked in that film. And I recommend that film very much. And when she's younger, her breasts are what I would call average mm-hmm. uh, in size. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then when she got older, for, uh, all of a sudden they're suddenly like D's mm-hmm. and wonderful D's. Mm-hmm. So it's just, and she didn't obviously did not have anything done. No, I think, I think that she goes without probably, saying. W- gracefully gained weight in a very um, in her boobs, just like in in a symmetrical way. Yes, which is always beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The the good weight gain of yeah. of a uh, of kind of a milf. I'm going to say it's, yeah. it's more of a milfy type. <laughs> Almost a gilf at that point. She is a gilf. If she Could went be. the normal strategy, mm-hmm. the normal path of most people, she would have grandchildren mm-hmm. and she'd be a gilf. Mm-hmm. But if she went the normal path, would she be a gilf? If she what? If she wasn't like because she doesn't have kids, it affords her time right. to like start an installation in Paris where she runs around <laughs> on roller skates screaming. You know yeah. what I mean? And that burns a lot of kcals. It does. <laughs> it keeps things elastic. Good cardio. Like, you know, yeah. It and does. it's hard to stop when all these people paid you to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to exercise at that point. So and anyway, she's a oh. legitimate artist, and she doesn't have to go a different route. That is her true dad. Yeah. But that's that to me. The opposite of that is the Whole Foods line, which is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. They can't look. <clears throat> she did. She so she sat in uh, MoMA mm-hmm. in New York and stared at people mm-hmm. in the eye, which is why I don't want to make us feel self conscious, but it's why we're navel gazing right now. And right, remember, she gets yeah. the table out of the way. Oh yeah, I actually kind of like the table. The, no table would almost be a little bit too. Little bit yeah, we would just be holding hands and yeah. doing, a, doing an acting exercise. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, that actually goes to the Scientology. Did you see the master? 
I did. Uh-huh. Remember in the master, they have people sit knee to knee mm-hmm. and stare at each other, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they communicate like truths to each other. Right. And uh, one of the exercises they do in the film is that you're supposed to like insult each other. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be like, Emily, you're stupid. You're never going to be a good comedian. Basically, like I will uh, take on your worst fears and mm-hmm. say them to you, so mm-hmm. you can learn to not be uh, mm-hmm. affected by them, mm-hmm. to learn how to move past them. Basically, shut yourself down emotionally. I actually haven't done any reading on that. That's my interpretation of what, of what that Scientology experiment is. Right. I've done a little bit of reading on it. <clears throat> but uh, why why are people drawn to that? Why am I drawn to that? When I saw that movie, I was like, oh shit, I'm going to be a Scientologist. Then I read all this stuff about Scientology, and I'm not I'm not going to be a Scientologist. But the I, master wa- inspired you to think that that was it was something that was interesting. Absolutely. And there's actually a lot of people, uh, what are they called? There's a branch of Scientology that only does that stuff. Uh There's a belief in Scientology that uh, L. Ron Hubbard at a certain point jumped the shark. Mm -hmm. And that's when the creation myth came in. That's when all that like sort of the stuff they made. Early Dianetic stuff was all legit. Early Dianetic. And there's still people, but they get shut down all the time. Mm -hmm. I forget what they're called. And the reason I can't find too many of them is because... The Church of Scientology is very aggressive towards them, I think, Mm -hmm. because they're like, hey, you're jacking our shit without taking the full story. I believe Mm -hmm. that's their perspective. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I get afraid talking about the Scientologists if somebody was like, don't fuck with the Scientologists. (laughs) And I'm not. That's always been the fear. No, I know. I'm I'm not. Not at all. Hey, I'm saying one of your teachings seems legit. Get into it. Crazy. I think a lot of our dads probably read. I mean, I... I, They did. Your hippie parents read Dianetics. Yeah, for sure. Yes. And then it got to a point where probably the the shark was jumped. And they were like, what? And and even the formation of the religion is is part of the weird part. Because why couldn't it have just existed as a philosophy? Or, you know, why couldn't it have just existed as like... I agree. It's strange. An organization of data. That's one of the things, and we can even take it off of Scientology because it's Joseph Smith, it's, yes. it's L. Ron Hubbard, right. all of these people, uh, even even your uh, David Koresh's, even your um, Charles Manson, anybody that can like be so... Even the people who created The Secret, I think. There you go. Yeah, to a certain extent, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Who are these people that are so... There's something that you cannot deny, and I actually talk uh, about this a lot. It's one of my big interests. Cult leaders... Um, religious leaders. Who are these motherfuckers? Who is Joseph <laughs> Smith? One hundred percent megalomaniacs. In order to pursue, I think, in order to to pursue it to the point where they are leading a a following, yes. they have to be that committed to their own importance. Absolutely. You know I mean? And I would say, and I'm really interested in in. Uh, what can we do with our brains? Their mm-hmm. brains are releasing a lot of a lot more of what we get regular amounts of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So their ego and their and their fury and their fervor is being filled. I'm not saying this lets them off the hook. We all have to be responsible and right. stuff. But some of these people are just like magical again. Mm-hmm. Sure. Types of people that sure. are going around just emitting follow me. Here's what I'll tell you about LRH, uh-huh, L. Ron uh-huh. Hubbard. I read, I, I read this book called Inside Scientology. That's how that's how I know this, which is actually an anti-Scientology mm-hmm. book. But that's how I know I call him LRH. LRH, <laughs> like, uh, here's what's brilliant about him. One of the things that's brilliant about him is he transcended truth. Meaning, which is absurd, going back to transrational and rational, he took the whole let's be transrational thing Way past the end zone. Like right. Forrest Gump, he kept running right. <laughs> into the locker room and slammed the ball down. rational uh, length of field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, might, he might as well have gone out into the parking lot and thrown the ball into the ocean. Right. You know what I mean? And, right. But here's what's crazy is some people followed him. Right. Because he was like, 
uh, he went to, you know, it's still up for debate what he did in the military. Mm -hmm. But, you know, common records seem to imply that he didn't do much. Right. Okay? Right. It's basically, like, I don't remember kind of like a Coast Guardy kind of sort of guy. I don't know. That's what some people say. Didn't do much. Mm -hmm. Then he kind of was like, no, I, I did all these battles. I'm like a war hero. Mm. And then people were like, well, no one can prove that. And he was like, kind of, in exactly. my opinion, who cares? Right. Who cares? Right. What is true? What is the past? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you really plug someone into the present, you can start warping the way they understand truth. Mm -hmm. If that, that that game, that experiment, people like to play. What if the rest of your life was a dream, and this is the first day you've, this is the first moment you've ever been alive, and the rest of it was just an implanted memory, total recall style. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can't really disprove that. I mean, you can go around your house and be like, I wrote this down yesterday and stuff. It's like, oh, it's all an illusion. If you get someone tapped into that. Then mm -hmm. you can be like, I am your heavenly father. Well, that's why, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm I your can God. I believe that, yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I think narcissists and sociopaths are so, like, are so successful a lot of the time is because they don't associate bad. Bad, past behavior with negative like negative kind of they don't they don't think oh what i've done is bad they're like oh yeah that just is something that happened and right. they don't live in the pain That's of having right. been convicted of something right kanye west uh, uh -huh. i'm living in the pr i'm living in the future so my presence is the past my present is my presence is a present so y'all can kiss my ass yeah he like again i don't want to shit on scientology i don't want to shit on kanye i'm not trying to shit on anybody or mormons or anybody else that we've kind of said in this conversation but those people that are living in the future. Mm -hmm. The Wolf of Wall Street mm -hmm. is one of those guys. He's a megalomaniac and a sociopath. Mm -hmm. But, like, why are these compelling characters? Because they're not burdened right. by what they've done. Right. We should be burdened by what we've done. It helps that I will feel bad if I insulted you. Mm -hmm. I will feel bad about that until I reconcile. Right. That's good. Mm -hmm. But it is compelling to be, like, celebrities – the the idea like he doesn't motherfucker doesn't even remember the name of the groupies he bangs you know what I right. mean or the drugs that he did they're not they're sim they're just not worried right they're not worried and it's either yeah they're not worried it's either that they uh, were pre-programmed or, or chemically or or mapping uh, neurological mapping wise like or they just never. Uh, learned to revisit those same grooves as they were yes, forming. Yes, that's right. So it's like we all do. Most of us learned as we were forming uh, neurologically to revisit these same grooves and that's what I think, you know. Regret is. Regret, yeah. anxiety, all yeah. of those things. Yeah. Is like, and people who either were formed without that um, practice yeah. or were chemically designed without that practice or right. I, I do think like meditation does help a great deal with like that's the whole point of it is that it gives you a pause and involuntary thought for just a moment right and that's something that can pre uh, reprogram or well, interrupting least, yeah interrupting uh, the tendency i'm agreeing with you yeah, yeah, i didn't yeah. mean to change your wording yeah yeah it, any sort of thing like that mm -hmm. is saying like i'm not going to just uh, be a victim of the way that my brain is. You're right. talking about those grooves, and you're right. absolutely right. And some people benefit from not having the regret groove. They don't have right. that in them, so then they achieve. Sometimes they're psychopathic, but sometimes right. of course. someone who's not psychopathic can achieve that. Right. And sometimes it would help you to do that. The, right. pr the problem with, that I've been having with um, meditation, and and I do this thing called EFT, which is a tapping technique. Are you mm -hmm. familiar with that no. at all? Oh, you love EFT? it. EFT? The emotional freedom technique. Don't oh, worry no. about it. I thought it was that thing. That, there's another thing called EMD or something that like ping, pings, pong sounds in your ear. Pinging and ponging? <laughs> yeah. You never heard of that? Okay. <laughs> no. What is it? It's something in, in psychotherapy where it's like oh, it wait. sounds. It's, it went left to the right? Yeah. And it's supposed to re I don't know if I buy it, but 
Well, that's interesting because well, this is exactly what we're talking about. Where you, where you, you we can talk about any of these right. avenues. It's the same thing. There's a type of therapy because when I talked to Emily Gordon about EFT, she was like, "Oh, that's similar to this thing that I, I forget the name of it, but it's also an acronym, I think, where it's like you're in therapy, but there are these lights. The therapist sets up these lights behind him, uh. and there are little points." And uh, if you're looking – so it's it's like the cliche of being hypnotized, look back and forth, look back and forth. Right. The reason you do that is it gets you out of your brain. It right. gets you out of your conscious brain. Right. So if you're looking at a light here and then you're looking low corner, low left, low right, which is actually a part of EFT is like looking different places. Uh, people who have very, very traumatic experiences, let's say in a war or a rape or something that they don't want to talk about mm-hmm. – uh, the, this type of therapy has been proven uh, successful in getting people to loosen up and suddenly they're opening up and talking about these different things. It's not hypnosis. It's just something physical. It's you like are, causing you to be a little bit dizzy. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Or or drunk or, or yeah. something. Or I, I like transform breathing, which is just like fl- this technique of flooding your body with oxygen which what is it it's transfer it's like deep total body breathing wait have i done this i don't know i think maybe i've done this go on but i mean anything beyond what it i kind of stick to the science of it where it's like you're just flooding your body with oxygen right which is like healing and can't go and you just are getting hyperventilating basically a little bit you breathe into capacity and hold it um you don't hold it you're continuous you never hold so you're just continual well, see, that's the thing is how much of the day are we holding our breath and all yeah. this sort of stuff. But when we're talking about uh, meditation or we're talking about tapping or, or these light things or w- w- the breathing thing, what we're doing is trying to hack yourself and go in the good way, like mm-hmm. a computer hack, <laughs> not cut yourself. But you, you want to be like, I'm not just going to keep going on these patterns. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I think people w- w- will really benefit from is the idea. But here's the problem, and this is the problem I've been having lately. I know – Take drinking or something. Drinking is something that, for better or worse, I don't struggle with it in the traditional sense. I struggle with it because it's like the one thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, this is the one thing I do. Really? It really is Mm -hmm. that I consume Mm -hmm. that is uh, like toxins. Toxics, yeah. Yeah, the the one toxic thing that I pretty much do is alcohol. And that often leads to other toxic things, Mm -hmm. if I'm being honest. That's when you start ordering the fries or eating somebody's fucking whatever, something you wouldn't normally Mm -hmm. eat. So what's going on there? Okay, so you have this desire. You have this desire to what? For me, it's often to release, yeah, get burn off stress, to um, worry less, often to sedate. Mm -hmm. I'm really not pleased with that answer that I just gave you, but to sedate. Well, because you're mentally active probably at a a very intense level most of the time. Right. Which wanting relief from that I don't think is – a terrible thing. No. And often the next day after I get ripped, I'll have like a really creative day because I did have that time off. That's drunk Pete telling you right uh-huh. now. That's, that's, no, but you're not that, drunk Pete right now. Yeah, I know. But that's drunk Pete's logic. <laughs> okay. I just let him in for a minute. He okay. was like, this is why we do it. We right. shut off for a minute. I understand that. Uh, and I'm I, one thing that I – one of the reasons I hate resolutions is I hate beating yourself up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I go out from this podcast and get drunk, fuck, that's what I did. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not – I'm not on this planet to be like, I fucking blew it. And all a lot of... (laughs) (laughs) I blew it again. Calling you, Emily, I did it again. While you have those fries. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm eating fries. (laughs) I'm a monster. Fucking take it easy. You're doing fine. And you see a lot of people's resolutions are about being a better whatever, better better husband, better whatever it is. Better friend. Yeah. Better neighbor. Implying that you were not a good one to begin with. Yeah. Why yeah, is that yeah, a thing? Yeah, it's shitty. It's shitty. And, you know, 
uh, I smoked a cigarette on New Year's. I never smoked. Yeah. And someone was like, are you going to feel bad about this tomorrow? And I was like, no. Mm-mm. Fuck that. Mm-mm. I I understand. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't – I wasn't drunk. I wasn't even drunk. I was just like I'm bored as yeah. shit. Everyone's stepping out and smoking all different types of – Doug Benson was there. All these different <laughs> weeds. And I was like I'm going to smoke a cigarette because I have nothing to do. Yeah. I'm so bored and I just want to be outside. And honestly, I want to leave. And honestly, I wasn't feeling that great. And sometimes smoking when you're feeling kind of blue is like great. You're like <laughs> – It's great. Yeah, it's fuck you. To yeah. but – Anyone having any power over you? It's it's the greatest form of autonomy, I think. Like, Absolutely, you're, like, you're killing yourself a little bit. Yeah, and knowing it. Yeah, actually, I think that's the perfect ex- expression of smoking is yeah. being like, I know what I'm doing. This is terrible for me. Yeah. But the 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 next <laughs> really running that past the <laughs> past the end zone force come style <laughs> is being like, and I'm not going to beat myself up about it. Yeah, because that's just another waste of my time. I know I'm not going to smoke. Right. I'm not a smoke. I'm actually very fortunate that I'm not one of those people that it just like clings to. Like mm-hmm. for some reason, it talk about grooves. It just doesn't stick with me. Yeah. Like no matter how many times I've done it in my life, I'm never like I got to keep doing this forever. Right. Um. But the the regret is just more wasted time. It's right. The, like people that are like I'm going to quit smoking on January first. It's just like just quit now. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as January first. Mm-hmm. Just don't smoke right now. Yeah. And then later, just don't smoke right then. Yeah. Just always just don't smoke. Absolutely. In that moment. Mm-hmm. Stop talking about – and don't count days. Fuck this shit. What are you talking about? It's arbitrary. You're going to count. You're going to base your health and your goals and the things you want to do in your life based on how many times the sun goes around the earth. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. What? So if the sun was sitting still and we just had 24-hour sunlight, you'd just be like, I haven't been smoking for 12 <laughs> stories. <laughs> Because there's an elder telling stories. There's an elder telling stories. It's been 12 stories I haven't, or however the fuck you tell time. Arbitrary bullshit. It is arbitrary bullshit. I had like the, <laughs> the worst birthday this last, I mean, not, it was one Sorry, of those the earth goes around like, the sun. I fucked that earth, up. Yes, it does. No, we I, know you're smart. I really discredited that whole rant <laughs> no. with saying the sun going around the earth. Well, we know what you meant. <laughs> I tried really hard in that moment to get it right, and I fucked up. Go on. It was good. Thank you. It was good. No, I had a weird birthday this year where it was like uh, I I, I, I truly accidentally – I'd never taken Adderall. Yes. And I was drinking a little bit more than usual because it was my birthday. I was getting, you know – Tips. Tips. Tipsy. And some point at like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, I thought it would be hilarious like a joke to eat this Adderall that someone had lying around. Like, oh, this isn't gonna be you fun. just took one Adderall? Just took one Adderall. I've done but that before. I didn't even notice anything. I had the worst. It was, I never fell asleep. It was the worst. And I went home by myself on this like pretty significant birthday. 30? Five. 35? And I woke up in the morning. Didn't even wake up. Never slept. But I had to like sort of cocoon it in a, in a uh, sleeping bag and like you know, with like, face mask trying yeah. to hide my eyes from the light and when i got up the next day there was uh two browser windows open one was for marathons in las vegas and the other one was for <laughs> can can a foster child sleep in your bedroom with you <laughs> oh, these were like the life post things my. that i was trying to deal with while i couldn't i mean this emily is, you have to say exactly what you just said on stage it's oh, so funny it's insane well have you has, already done it uh, I think I did the next day because I had a show the next day. It was the only way I Can could cross that. Can a foster child sleep, sleep in, in, bed, in the same bedroom as <laughs> yes. you? That is so beautiful. It was such a like uh, that type of birthday. And also the worst thing I could have done was to wake you up the next day. You took it at 2 a.m. Yeah. 
And so it ruined the next day, which was the actual birthday, because I had had a dinner the night before. And uh, but I just decided, even though I knew as it was happening, I was like, "This is ruinous. This could make me feel like the worst person yeah. in the world, making a bad decision." Yeah. On a, a sort of life post birthday that you want to be in a different place. That yeah. was a very juvenile decision that I made. Yeah. To take, uh, and you did feel bad about that. I did feel bad about it, but I actually I survived the next day, not turning inward, which I felt like was a really big accomplishment. Like I didn't attack myself over yeah. it, and I think I benefited so much from that. It was like that was an experience, that right. was a life experience. Well, this was, goes back. To the, sorry, yeah, no, that was it. Goes back to the sociopath, right? Yeah, we don't want to get to the point where we're just killing people or using people, but we also want to get to the point where we can green light. Uh, the the good things, the right. lack of anxiety, lack of worry. So you don't want to beat yourself up, right. but you also don't want to keep taking Adderall right. at two in the morning, or have no consciousness of that being maybe not the best choice. Right. And and that's that's the that's what I'm talking about is if we can take the emotion away from going, okay, don't take Adderall at two in the morning mm-hmm. on your thirty fifth on the night before your thirty fifth birthday. That's fine. But when we put that in the blender and we just start mixing it up with whoa and regret, now you're investing all this time, mm-hmm. feeling like a really shitty person. Mm -hmm. then that voice in your head is like you dummy you're supposed to be this this and this and you're doing that yeah i'm doing that Mm -hmm. i did that and it's so much wasted energy i found i like in the last couple years i think through therapy discovered that that we do that's what we do we we waste energy sort of attacking ourselves that's those people don't there's so much more buoyant Mm. They're so much more able to just sort of like return to happiness or return or, or step onto the next level up because they're not taking themselves down yeah. with all of the regret and punishment. Right. You know? Right. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. It's hard though where to go with energy. Like one of the problems that I have is going into the hippie shit that I'm into, <laughs> which is, you know, like eating raw food and stuff like that. That gives me so much energy. Sometimes I don't know what to do with right. it. People don't know what to do. Right. It makes sense if we were out, if we were Native American style, not living in re- rectangles, but if we, if it would benefit us to have all this energy and go and forge for tomorrow's food or something sure. or like like fucking, I don't know what Native Americans are doing. Skinny dipping, chasing coyotes. I don't know. <laughs> I'm talking about old school ones. Right. I don't know what they were doing. But like that makes sense to me. I follow all these hippies on Instagram and they're always like in the mountains and they're mm-hmm. like fucking washing in stream, like cold water mm-hmm. streams. Bathing and, under the night sky. And yeah. doing shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there is a yearning that I have for that. Right. I'm on my couch and I'm constantly just re-watching shows. I like re-watching things mm-hmm. because you don't even have to pay that much of attention, which it's not my favorite thing. Why aren't I bathing in some weird stream? There are streams. <laughs> There's an ocean. There's things we could be doing. That's true. But nobody... Who do, who do you I do mean, these you things could, with? Andy you Haynes. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? Andy, Andy Haynes loves like trips to uh, Joshua Tree where you climb, climb rocks and you know find... Yeah. Find out what's going on. That in sounds the like universe. exercise. <laughs> it's a little bit close to exercise. I don't want to exercise as much as I want to uh, tap into that juice place where yeah. you're just like, you know what it is, is like uh, planning really turns me off. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. I just love that. I love serendipities. I mm-hmm. love things that come together. Right. I, I really believe in like someone texted me this morning and then we booked a podcast. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You run into somebody and you make a plan or you do something with them that night. That really feels like living mm-hmm. as opposed to, again, arbitrarily being like, well, when the sun goes around the earth five times, I'll see you at six o'clock. Right. At the thing we call six o'clock. That's true. I'd rather... 
I'm plagued. I'm plagued by that whole, you know what I'm plagued by? One of my worst qualities. How much sleep am I going to get? Being responsible, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I would have done if I was growing up in a wigwam and you were just like, I sleep when I'm tired. That's that Forrest Gump thing. Again, Forrest Gump comes (laughs) up. I sleep when I'm tired. I eat when I'm hungry. uh, You know, all that sort of stuff. We're not doing that. We eat at 12. We go to bed at 10. Well, yes. But most... I think the the career paths we've taken, except if you're actually working a job, job which you 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 do a lot with your energy. Are you kidding? When Look I'm your... when I'm working, I do. Right. When I'm working, do you believe in banking that energy though? Like perhaps when you're not working and you're you're in taking a, it easy. Yeah, that you're you're banking that up for. It's a very generous question, Emily, and I'm already talking so so much. So I'll keep it <laughs> I'll keep it brief. But just today, it's funny that you said that. just today. I was like, oh, I feel like I'm ready to go back. Yeah. Uh, and, th- and that was because for so long I've not been doing much at all. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh, that's, that's why John Mulaney said that to me. He was like, when they give you six months to write a pilot script, it's not because it takes six months to write a pilot or three months. It doesn't take three months to write a pilot script. It takes two months to like sit around and dwell and, mm-hmm. and not even really mm-hmm. look at the idea directly. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it'll hit you. That's true. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I do agree in in banking energy, but that's another problem is I'm always banking energy for an event that may or may not be coming. Right. Like even on New Year's Eve, I tried to do that. I was like, I'm going to nap and I'm going to this and I'm going to that. And then you go out and I felt antisocial. I was like, fuck all this. I hate this. <laughs> that's New Year's Eve though. Yeah. It's it was, inevitable. It's a bullshit. Holiday. I was in uh, Denver the last five days, but it sort of to explore the other side of that where it's like we didn't really plan much and we were there for a little bit longer than we needed to be. And You uh, in a group? Me and my boyfriend. BF? BF. BFF? Yeah. Engaged? No. <laughs> just move the whole relationship. When you engage, it's a BFF. <laughs> yeah, you get engaged on the podcast. Do I know your boyfriend? Do you boyfriend? have a phone? Yeah. Uh, do you know Christian? You have a phone. It's right there. Yes. You're What's dating you Christian Finnegan? <laughs> no. Do gay. Do gay? Should I call him and propose? Um, I'm gonna, I want to look him up. Were you listening to my podcast earlier? Yeah. It sure looks like you were. Which well, one? Was. The Zach one. Oh, I love that one. It's so good. Time to listen to the last one. Um, I'm looking up Christian Duguay. But we didn't... uh, But tell him I knew who he was right away. I will. And I said, what's up? Okay, for sure. How do you spell Duguay? D-U-G-U-A-Y. But we didn't really plan anything. And there were... There's that... There was like... Trying to sort of fall into the flow of the serendipity of what a ta- like a new town could bring leaves a lot up to that town to like bring it. <laughs> like, oh, you you, you know think the I mean? pressure is then? I don't know this guy. Then on the on the town too, he's wonderful, great, uh, yes, comic and very funny. Person. Well, I typed in comedian. Why okay. did I just assume it was assume a it was a comic? <laughs> Deal with it because you can't you can't um, once you've dated funny, you can never go. I don't know. It's an interesting theory. I think about this constantly. Do Tell you? me, to finish, does let, it work that way for you though? Um, I'm I'm gonna we're gonna get into all okay. of that, but I, I'm gonna write down comedy, dating. It's like my biggest. My biggest thing is who's who's meant for a comedian, right? Um, but let's stay on the Denver. We'll we'll... Denver, no, just like you, you know, just weren't planning. We weren't planning, and I think that we both function that way, where it's like it's it should just we just sort of fall into something. But then we also slept a lot. <laughs> I actually, Emily Mills, that's 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 me in a nutshell. I think that's the biggest gift that you can give uh, the, the the person that I'm seeing. It's like. Um, it's kind of complicated, but let's just say the person that I'm seeing okay. is um, 
we both enjoy that sort of like let's not do anything mm-hmm. let let's just uh see what happens and let's also like sleep a lot and yeah. like we were in New York together, and uh, she hadn't been to New York in a very long time. And so, okay, type A person mm-hmm. would be like, we got to do this. We got to mm-hmm. go to this. We got to go to that. Don't forget the moment. You could you fucking burn yourself on five museums in one day. Yes. But I was like, uh, we went to Central Park. We walked the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, the rest of the time, I think we were eating mm-hmm. or that sleeping. sounds great. Yeah. You know why? Yeah. Because it is great. <laughs> <laughs> fuck every any fuck any the the greatest gift I actually said to the I said this to um, Jamie Lee my ex we were talking about when we dated I was like I think my greatest feature as a boyfriend is I will always oh, I'm just complimenting myself yeah but I will always put the relationship and our happiness as a couple over money or an event right meaning we pay seven hundred dollars. I, I don't know why I'm going to say a Tony Robbins seminar. I'm, I'm just trying to think of something, <laughs> something that costs $700. Blow your seven. You could get fillings together. Okay. We, we have – well, that <laughs> seems like we should get those fillings. Maybe uh, – it needs to be it needs to be some sort of concert or something. We got front row seats yeah. to Arcade Fire and there were $700. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- and and something is wrong. This is that hippie shit. Mm-hmm. This is that, that holy flow idea. Everything keeps coming up. It's wrong. Mm -hmm. There's a problem. There's Mm -hmm. a storm. The trains are canceled. You overslept. And and you could, just like beating yourself up for taking Adderall or smoking Mm -hmm. a cigarette on New Year's Eve, you could beat yourself up or you can say, fuck it. Yeah. Um, I understand $700 is a lot of money. But what you were paying for was a good night and a good event mm-hmm. and, a, and, a, and a good time together. Mm-hmm. So you still got it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You didn't get to see Arcade Fire. Right. Or you can be like, you know, my parents were when they traveled, which was like, God damn it, Irina, yes. fighting traffic in yes. the Holland Tunnel, stressed, veins in your neck you didn't know you had. And then what, a shitty time with Arcade Fire? Don't get me wrong. I've had times where you do fight the good fight and you get there and you're like, I'm so glad we did this. But I also think there's something wonderful about the guy playing Monopoly, like like the Dane Cook who goes – the Dane Cook bit who goes, fuck this game and flips the game up. It's <laughs> just like, I'm done playing Monopoly. You know that's what I mean? being true. Yeah. That's At the, some that's point, you're done thing. playing Monopoly. Yeah. That becomes the flow of it then because it, it wasn't – it was all careening towards a crash and the crash had to happen. Yeah. And you might as well so the ride could be over and crash do something into else. a thing of your choosing. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're you're careening towards a wall, mm-hmm. and there are all these other things. Just you know, palm the wheel, <laughs> do a quarter turn into like a fucking Joshua tree, <laughs> and there's Andy Joshua Haynes tree. climbing on your on your rear view. <laughs> He's climbing on the back window. It's so true. God, anytime I've ever uh, gone, I don't know how to stop myself when I go rollerblading. So I just I, I preemptively it. plan to throw myself into the ice the iceberg plants. Iceberg plants. What are those? Those ice. Yeah. It's I'm picturing a rhododendron bush. Ice what are, ice plants. Yeah. What's an yeah. ice plant? You know, those kind of almost aloe-ish, kind of full of water. Oh. They low to the ground. So yeah. you toss yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, the way but I, I do. Go, I go. I go rollerblading anyway. Even well, yeah, I there can't you go. Stop. <laughs> I was telling Katie that I've been surfing, and the main reason I like surfing, I don't really like surfing. I love falling. Yeah. I love falling. I love the feeling. So I, I'm sure I'll love it once I start getting up on waves and stuff. But I love getting up and falling and laughing. Yeah. Not getting up like, fuck, I'm yeah. gonna... fuck that shit. Yeah. The beautiful thing about surfing to me is if you fall off a surfboard, you're just doing another sport. Yeah. You're just swimming there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're great. just swimming. I and mean, where else can you get the sensation of falling? Like, you And, have to and be being like crushed by a huge wave? I'm a giant man. 
Like, I mean, you can get tossed around, but like a little bit easier than I can. It's a great feeling to be like, oh, I'm at the mercy of this huge thing. Yeah. And I just got really wrecked. And I love that. And that's that's missing arcade fire. That's falling off your surfboard and going, now we're swimming. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have brought money into it because it's not really about money, but like it kind of is. Yeah. I think the thing that makes people push and get to the concert and fuck themselves Mm -hmm. is because they're like this thing that, again, just like days and nights and clocks is also meaningless. Right. Just represents something. Yeah. I understand we have to work for it. Don't get me wrong. It creates friction. Or it's sort of like uh, it goes back to an idea of resistance, like sort of once you find yourself swimming upstream, like you're just fighting. You're automatically not uh, surrendering to. Yes. You're in a fight. You're in a You're already in, in a system. conflict. You're participating yeah. in a thing where you fought to get the money. Right. That is also just a thing Irrelevant, that, that yeah. represents another thing. Yeah. That is is, you know, gold and we're going to Fort Knox and all this sort of stuff. But you're you're playing in the thing and there's there's a wonderful hippie and cosmic thing to be like, you know what, forget it. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's something, something really oh my there. gosh, amazing about when you do relinquish the value of, of money. Like, and that's like, but do you think that that's like a, a privilege? Do you think that if you, if, well, do you think that, was... or that's the hold of maybe poverty where it's like you have so little of it, it's very difficult to have that attitude towards it? That's why I was like, I shouldn't have brought money into it. It's, it's, it's lovely to be in a place where you're like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But if that's $700 or something you saved up for, you mm-hmm. know, a year mm-hmm. or two years, um, so you could go see Arcade Fire, it's a yes. So the answer is yes. Right. And the answer, it, I feel a little bit like an asshole, but that's not, not really in the bad way. I'm just right. kind of like, yeah, it's not, it's not the best thing that I say. No, I mean, no, but there's va- there is value to it to be like, because it's, it's basically, it's a type of self-inflicted, resistance like you you know if if it's the most tragic thing in the world that you have lost money it really isn't i mean right. no matter who or what or what the circumstances right the money is never going to be the most tragic right well that that's like a gambling thing they say don't play with scared money so oh, don't, yeah. don't buy something so don't bet it if you're afraid to lose exactly it. so like buy tickets that you're okay with losing right that's what i'm saying right for me 700 dollars is the amount that is a significant amount of money right but just around the cusp that i'll be like who cares right so whatever that amount is for you you know what i mean you can yeah. acknowledge that for for you know really rich people it's a lot more yeah, it's a lot more. That's also a lesson in living within your means, too. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big... Uh, that can create a whole other thing where it's like that that um, tendency to try to reach beyond what is really comfortable for you because you feel like that's what life is supposed to be. It's right. like getting more and doing right. more and showing that but you But really, the more. the more I uh, acquire or whatever money-wise or possession-wise, the more I'm just kind of drawn to this, like, why aren't I under the moon in a creek right now? Yeah. Because that's when you're giggling. Again, to bring up surfing, that's when you're laughing. Right. And I borrow a board and borrow a wetsuit. It costs me nothing. Mm -hmm. It's a free activity. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to have a friend that will lend you that stuff. But uh, You have a friend that has a wetsuit in your size? Yeah, yeah. He's about my size. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) There are two guys that I know. They don't fit me perfect. I look like Hannah from Girls when I wear them. No, yeah, yeah, it's like ill-fitting and high on me. <laughs> I look like Hannah when she left the rich doctor's house after two days of sex with him. Right. That weird tan one. Did you watch it? I did. Yeah. It's such a funny show. It's like such that. a funny outfit. Yeah. How does she know that that's such a funny outfit? <laughs> I guess because she's a funny person. It's not fair is what I'm saying. It's not fair. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about boys and girls. And uh, So you're dating a comedian and mm-hmm. you've dated comedians in the past mm-hmm. and I've, da- I've dated comedians in the past and... Uh, I understand what you're saying. Jamie uh, was the funniest, 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've been with other uh, girlfriends since then and been like, mm, not, not as funny as Jamie. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then you have to be like, what are you, what are you after? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I was uh, with her, I remember being like, oh, I'm after laughing and right. stuff. Um, and then I dated a girl that was uh, after her that was like very, very sexy. And I was like, oh, I'm after sex. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're like, this person is sexually different from mm-hmm. the other relationships. And and you kind of start Frankensteining this idea that there'll be this perfect person mm-hmm. that will be sexy in this way and funny in this way, compassionate in this way, understanding in this way. And then uh, really what you're left with now, I'm 34 and I've been through a couple of relationships. And like I said, I'm seeing somebody. It's not like an exclusive thing, but we're seeing each other and we love each other. Uh, but now I'm kind of coming to peace with the idea that somebody – in fact, this is, this is really I, – I feel – I am like a monogamous person. I feel like a monogamous person. I'm interested in open relationships and all that sort of stuff. I love talking to people that want to talk about that. But really what I'm after, one of the main things about open relationships to me or just non-traditional relationships is that it takes the burden off of your partner to be everything. everything. Mm-hmm. So when I say open relationships, I don't mean you need to be – of course, it sounds like you're fucking other people. And yes, that is what it means typically. But also there's openness in that you can have your girlfriend. And let's say your girlfriend isn't, let's just say, book smart. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I picked that arbitrarily. She's not the person that you discuss Kant with. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. That might be a breakupable offense if you're not the kind of person secure enough to go like, that won't be a me and Beth. We'll call her Beth. It won't be a me and Beth thing. That'll be a me and Emily Maya Mills thing. Right. I will get together with her platonically. Yeah. And we'll have that. I but think- like I've been, I've sorry, I've just been a slave to that. Like they have to be everything. Mm-hmm. So when you start getting into things that are a little less traditional, you're like, it's okay that they're not. In your case, you're dating somebody very funny. What if he wasn't that funny? Right. Then you could have your funny friend fill in that void. Yeah. I mean, the thing about funny is that, like, you this is the day in and day out. So I think um, if that's important, that if, if laughing is what life is a little bit, then that's important. Yeah. I, and, but I know what you're saying in terms of the Franken. I think I went through that, like, between the last serious relationship I was in and this one now, where it was like the people that I was seeing or dating did hold these uh, different variations on perfection in certain departments or whatever mm. and i remember thinking i wish i could just smush them all together mm-hmm. um because they do fulfill different things but two things one is that like i think i don't know i think they're kind of i'm with you is with a highest yeah there's a highest uh uh proportion of connection in a person and and then maybe it, it isn't a hundred percent but i think good you know yeah no you're right it's 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 a high percentage. You want a high percentage. Yeah. You don't. You, the, nobody's going to be a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess we've all heard stories where someone's like, "They're a hundred percent." I've never felt but, anything like this. But even like like a ninety eight, eighty nine to ninety eight percentile would feel like a hundred percent because people are two different. They're you're two different beings, right? So. And I don't even know if you can consume a hundred percent of a person no. that much of the time no. to notice that they're eight percent off. Those are the <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? Also, those are the ones where you end up just like on heroin under a like truck because you're just like we all we need. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like Romeo and Juliet. Yes. You kill each other. You kill kill yourself. You die for the relationship. No, it's like a heroin person. Yes. I understand that. That much consumption. I'm with you. uh, See, once you have had, I don't think uh, Jamie minds me saying, when we were together, we we still laugh a lot. Mm -hmm. 
In fact, I would say we laugh the exact same amount. Right. So that is very valuable to me. But that's in an a important friendship relationship. Or a relationship. Yeah. yeah. That. But that's like that's the thing is that I think that what happens is that we assume we can't have male female friendships that are deep and meaningful in the way that we would have same sex uh, friendships. Right. right. There's an assumption that there always has to be some other level to it. Kyle and I remain friends for have been friends for like Kine. I don't know. It's like five. Kyle Kinane. Four. She dated Kyle Kinane. <laughs> Five, four or five years since then, and we're still as good. For, I mean, he's See, one of my best friends that's what in the I'm entire fucking talking world. About. Yeah, and Jamie, and is he's an important one relationship. Of my absolute best friends yeah. in the world as well. Yeah. I, I like to think that I have a girlfriend broken up into like seven people. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this again is again why I'm interested in uh, things that are less typical. I come from a place where religious. You don't even go to lunch mm-hmm. with another girl mm-hmm. because obviously you're going to fuck. Obviously oh, you're yeah. having an affair. Obviously sort of stuff. But that's unfortunate, I feel like. Oh yeah, that's yeah. what I'm raging against. Fuck that shit. Yeah. I'm saying completely. You you can have your 98% person, which is great yeah. and that's perfect. But then like I, I, I think, well, you know even though I'm seeing this person, it's like a long distance thing, so I don't see them often. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically single. That's mm-hmm. the short answer is mm-hmm. I'm a single person. So I do get lonely. And that's where someone like Jamie comes in and, uh, you know, I'm friends with her boyfriend as well. It's not a covert thing. We'll go shopping. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. I'm 70-30. I'm 30% a girl. I want to go shopping. Yeah. And then like Ch- like Chelsea, again, is one yeah. of those people. Specifically, I want to Truly bu- a friend. Truly a friend, but it's a need for me to feel like a guy and sometimes buy a girl a cup of coffee. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I know, oh, sweet, sweet, sweet. But, it, but it's, <laughs> sweet, it's actually sweet. not that sweet. It's actually me being a little bit insecure. What are the things that make me feel good? It's this, this, and this. I like treating my guy friends too, but there's something about compartmentalizing an aspect of a relationship. And then I've had that with sex friends too. Mm-hmm. You have a friend that you that you have sex with. That's been something new for me. You talked to Pete from episode three. He wouldn't have imagined having a sex friend, but then you have sex. Ah friends but then you're just like that is a relationship Mm -hmm. it's a type of relationship Mm -hmm. we're not going to go to each other's houses for the holidays but that's a thing and then there's shopping friend and then there's brunch friend Mm -hmm. and then there's all these there's deep conversation friend Mm -hmm. and then fortune at some point you would want to mash that you would and i I think that this exploration that you're in between sexploration (laughs) sexploration i thought that's what you said no i said exploration (laughs) you heard sexploration and that is yeah freudian (laughs) somewhere between pete three episode episode three pete and now (laughs) he heard sexploration which might be what you're on but i think like that's all super healthy i think those i think i've always kind of been an advocate for like every relationship loss has been meaningful in some sort of like educational sense there you go no reason there's it's no reason not to a regret. failure it's not a failure no. that's a big thing the 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 long distance person who i love very much who i see she we talk about that all the time she's like i don't understand why people are like their marriage failed yeah you were together for seven years this is her point she's mm-hmm. like you were together for seven years mm-hmm. and you have these kids and all this stuff that doesn't sound like a failure to me no that's, that's preposterous mm-hmm. if you were cave people you would have died of natural causes and everyone yes. would have been like that's a stand-up guy <laughs> at your funeral what a class act <laughs> But because we have all these fucking vitamins and shit. Yeah, we're outliving our gums and we have to like... Yeah, yeah, our gums and our commitments. (laughs) Our commitments. We're outliving our gums and commitments. It's It's true. true. (laughs) Hit it. Hit it. It is true, but but I do think like I the feeling I had you know with Christian and I do feel so completely in love with him. I feel like I feel like that. Uh, was the closest I've ever felt to like, ah, uh, 
it's all yeah. you know yeah, and that's yeah. after an experience experiencing all of these different things that all of the, had all of these different meanings and i can't ever God speak bless to the broken road <laughs> led me to you but yes true. it's true but it's true it's true yeah and i i but i've never been so sure i felt i feel very sure about that like it was how long has it been it's only been like five months yeah but that's that i, I oh and i'm not being that guy that's like it's gonna cool down yeah 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 i'm saying five months is not too early to know certainly yeah. not i don't even think two months can be too early yeah. to know if you really if you really it get into it it seemed like we knew right away but you know really corny yeah, but knows? you can't ever speak to the longevity i don't know i mean i can't tell you the, yeah. uh, anything about the future and forever but i know that like it felt like every love ballad made sense all the like yeah. cheesy poetry yeah, all yeah. of it because you were like oh these these pieces sort of fit together in a in a in a well that's when life way. makes sense yeah. well when we tap into i'm going to get real weird with you i think when we tap into uh, relational love, emotional love with another person like that. I actually think it does help us if we're going to believe in this stuff, which is up to you. Yeah, yeah. I think that helps us connect to the love energy that created everything. Yes. You yes. can call that God if you want. Yes. I'm just saying whatever it is, yeah. even if it is just like a basic, what kind of, uh, not amoebas, but like, ooh, something, uh, acids, the the most basic the, what the basics, form, what yeah. i'm saying is whatever made the most base form of existence right. of start living organism after the big bang mm-hmm. i'm going to call that energy sure. love that motivation sure. to have that thing to pursue, mate to with create, the other yeah. thing to have some sort of impulse to pursue and to create mm-hmm. and then to spawn and then a couple billion later here we are falling in love with some guy named named a religion <laughs> <laughs> Which is the point of all of this. <laughs> Come join Christianity. But when you're in that place, and I have a joke about this, and I'm happy to say that I, I have love in my life as well, mm-hmm. even even though, um, like I said, I'm, te- I'm technically single, I have love. And then like I feel that, and when I'm connected into that, that's when I, I have this on a post-it. You go like, love is saying to somebody the feeling of like, Oh my God, we were just talking about pens and look what I found in the drawer. It's a pen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you everything feel everything makes sense. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're on the right path. Yes. Suddenly there's you're driving. Cor- as opposed to discordance, there's cordance. If that, that's, that's right. not really the opposite that's of right. discordance, but there is. But that's a why cor- when you're heartbroken, yeah. everything, nothing makes sense. It all rains down upon you. And yeah. you're disconnected. Mm-hmm. But I would say that's your opportunity to fall upward. Hit it. Hit it. You're right. <laughs> it is. It's true. There's no the other without the first. No. That's what everything tells us on this planet. True. And in terms of relationships, that's absolutely true. It's evening first, then night. That's what the creation myth says in the Bible. It says first it was evening, then it was morning. And how many we, stories was that? What's that? How many stories is that? Okay. I'm told by the elder. You are a funny one. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> okay, so go on. I, where were I? Oh, we're just know. talking about dating communities and oh, feeling yeah. in love and feeling connected and how that, I think... I think, you know, they say, again, going to the Christian tradition, they said that Christ's love for the church and for his for the people uh, was romantic. Mm-hmm. And that's the wow. model of what marriage is. It's like the way that Christ is to his people is the way, uh, I think they say a man is to be to his wife, but really, you know, it's both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always thought that was interesting because Jesus died for people. Mm-hmm. So if your person isn't, like, willing to die for you and sacrifice for you and all that sort of stuff, you know, something might be, might be wrong or whatever. <laughs> uh, but they're... What I'm saying is we're not the first two people to understand that there is a correlation between the feeling that people have mm-hmm. 
And this is why people, I think, get upset when I talk about open relationships and which it even upsets me. Mm -hmm. People act like I'm so comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I just enjoy discussing things that actually make me uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Because why do they make me uncomfortable? What what nerves are we touching? Mm -hmm. Why why do I wake up at four in the morning and and worry about things that I've said on this podcast? But anyway. (laughs) But it's because I'm doing your job. Because I'm doing my job. Yeah, Yeah. fucking A. So, uh, but the idea of uh, man and woman being similar to God universe Mm. sort of thing. And oh, and when you fuck with that relationship, and when you're like, what if it's man, woman, woman, woman? What if it's man, 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 woman, woman, man? Mm-hmm. Some sort of thing. People don't like that. But anyway, I get that. I completely mm-hmm. understand that. Yeah, that's funny. Like at some point, I realized in in a couple of the more significant relationships I've had, where like it just going into it, you're like, this is so intense, and I you you almost want to bail. You almost want to like, um, don't know how to like stand in the intensity of it right. because it's like the, the the connection is so beyond um, your physical body or something right there have been a couple of times and usually the way that that results is that people get you know judgmental or start playing by the rules of dating or something because they don't know how to just be in it right like sort of seeking counsel and friends who give you bad advice and then you know the next thing you know you're in a rom-com right right right. and it doesn't end well but this goes back to the energy and like why aren't we swimming in the moonlight sort of stuff like why aren't we always eating things that give us this jolt is because sometimes you don't want to jolt. Sometimes it's, so it's scary, scary yeah. to be filled with white light energy. Yeah. And sometimes if you're in love, it can feel that way. And you're like, I kind of I kind of miss old yeah. pizza alone. Crying into my pizza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pizza it's, alone, mine. It's true. Yeah. It's so, true. But you stuck it out. Stuck it out. And, and I think that the thing, this weird mantra came up, I think, in both situations. And I sometimes uh, wouldn't remember to, to think of this in the in-betweens that be, turned out to be less significant relationships. But the ones that made me start to buckle a little bit in the beginning, I would always come up with this thing where it's like, okay, I would close my eyes and try to think of all that ever was, all that ever will be. All that is, all that ever was, and all that ever will be simultaneously, which is like impossible to do. So trying to imagine like the all, but mm. like in terms of like all, all, uh, uh, sort of shades of time and dimensions at once. This is like which all it is is that ultimately people put, ascribe the name God to that or mm-hmm, whatever it mm-hmm. is. It's like the uh, the all. I don't the all the yeah. all. I mean, it, and a couple of times it just helped me with the sort of anxiety that I was feeling or the nerves or the the. Um, the wanting to control in some way, right. like what the outcome was going to be. Uh-huh. Like, just a moment in the shower of like trying to like, and it's in both cases was successful and like, I don't know. Calming you, know, you down. Calming me down and also leading to a significant relationship where it's like, you know, uh, it felt that intense that you want to just turn it off and put on sweatpants and hide. Well, see, that's the problem. I think that's actually what we're talking about is uh, the human being's capacity to handle things as they are, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and love can be that intense. Mm-hmm. And, and even in a sillier way, the level of energy we allow ourselves to have or the level of spontaneity we can allow ourselves to have or like, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, it, it gets overwhelming. And mm-hmm. a lot of us have, I think we have a subtle death wish. <laughs> We'd like things to calm down. Mm-hmm. We'd like things to j- almost just end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because why? Why? It's completely understandable. You're on a space rock, mm-hmm. floating because of gravity, that in uh, an ocean of the universe that that it seems to be never ending. It's expanding, and there's how many billions of other universes and fucking Andromeda and drum Andromeda. There's another solar system so oh, close right. to us that in a couple billion years it's going to envelop us. It's our, all beyond our, our capacity sun- to comprehend. Yeah, people can tell you that. 
you think about your own death, what about the fact that they say that in a couple billion years the sun will burn up? Right. It'll just run out of fuel. Right. We can predict. It's the only type of reality star I like to talk about. Get out of here. <laughs> very good. Very, very good. Very nice. The only reality star I like to talk about is the sun. Sun will burn out eventually. Wow. That's a tweet. Um, it was. So, so, bur- uh, <laughs> so it burns out, which means what? That means all of life as we know it will uh-huh. end. Not just you, but all of it. So this is enough. The things that I've just said, that's enough. To make you go get some Ben and Jerry's. Oh, yeah. And watch a movie you've seen before. For sure. And I think that uh, Ben and Jerry's is Of course. Or take an Adderall. Or smoke a cigarette. Or smoke a cigarette. Or drink a drink. Or, or drink a drink. Or whatever it is. Or whatever it is. I call it the tss, like you're, you know. The, the valve? <laughs> yeah, the valve. The letting off the little tss, tss, Yeah, steam. yeah, It's, um, the other part about it is that we, we, oh, God, I lost it. Ah, I know there. I'll come back to me. The, um. <laughs> No, it's the something in the beginning of the uh, fact that we have all of these. Um, How much? We're unable to comprehend something about the love. Oh God, damn it! Letting in that love, letting in human experience. Wait, like we can't handle it. What's happening at all times is overwhelming. And then when you start loving, oh, somebody. because oh yeah, because it, and this has happened to me before, and actually resulted in like some of the worst depression in my life. Is that sometimes the scary part is that if you can, if you do find yourself uh, experiencing the highest level of joy, um, and like uh, it seems like that's sustainable in the moment, mm. and then to find out later that it's not always it's heartbreaking. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's really devastating. Yeah. It's really devastating, and like that's why sometimes it's like, can should we just be done now? Right. I think I want to get off. With, I think done. most people would like to check out to the point where they're somewhere in between yes. life and death. Yes, like or a, somewhere a, between that highest level of joy and that low. lowest. Yeah, like a steady hum. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I and I get that. My, I understand my it therapist, uh, Doctor Gary Penn, says that um, happiness is overrated. You should just have like a, a, a good set point. That's crazy. Which is kind of good, and I understand that. Um, but I actually think. It's interesting that you say that because this morning I made that I just got a blender, like one of those fancy blenders, and I was like, I'm going to start making these fucking smoothie things. I don't know why I'm whispering. Key to happiness like, smoothies. Listen, to this. I'm going to make key to happiness smoothies. <laughs> kind of though, like yeah. fucking ridiculous yeah. shit. Watching all these YouTube videos, people know I'm weird like this. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay. I spent so, and I've had similar experiences with Red Bull. So it doesn't have to be like. <laughs> uh, blueberry chia seed chocolate thing that I made this morning that 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 got me high and then when you're high which I still am right now because I made another one after I made the first one and I drank it I was like it's gonna be a great podcast and I'm chugging it Uh, but then you do have to come down also the first time I had Red Bull I remember I was blasting Metallica and spent the day writing yeah and I was like why don't I why don't I do this every day I know why you don't do it every day because that part also leads to the inevitable decline the swing which is just a reflection Mm -hmm. of how uh, when you're born, you die. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's it's the loss. It's mm-hmm. what the Buddha realized. When we breathe in, we also breathe out. Mm-hmm. That breath is going to come in, and it's going to leave. And so so as it is with all things. Mm-hmm. And then that can lead to just like a, why get high when you're just going to get low? Right. All that sort of stuff. You know, I am interested in the idea. I actually just wrote down some quote 
similar to this, of the idea of trying to feel, trying to green light a certain type of happiness all of the time. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds green crazy. Green light for yourself or for all? like For, for you, but for everybody. Right. I, I do mean personally, just because like, what if we trained ourselves to get more used to a level of energy? What if we got ourselves more used to a level of well-being and bliss right. that, that we're not used to? Because I, I think that's one of the things we're talking about is the overwhelming state of happiness. Right. It can be too much. It can be too much. I think, yeah, mania maybe is overrated. The But happiness, like what, what you're describing though is just like this, this constant state of connectedness. So it's like being, right. if you're connected to all of those emotions, I think that when you have the, if you're really connected, then when you have the highs, then, but you're willing to experience the lows and stay present in the lows. Yes. You're not creating like a karate chop resistance like, no, on the downfall I think that's what makes pain more pain I mean that's what that's what makes lows more painful is Is the resistance yeah Yeah. is the fighting it and that's and and then I think people then in life become more preemptively prepared they're preemptively fighting against the pain don't put themselves in a situation where you could slide or you could fall don't take a risk yeah don't don't presume pain presume slide and always be fighting well your brain is predicting it it's right. like we've done this before. Mm-hmm. Let's not do that yeah, again. Yeah. But you're, if you could just yield to the pain and yeah. understand that life and God and the all of it is yin and yang, is pleasure and pain. Mm-hmm. And when you're in pain, to be like, this is also okay. It's so interesting that you say that. I'm reading this book and it's wonderful. And it talks about the goal eventually being uh, not to have to go to a church or a service or a meditation or anything, but to be in a constant communion with with God. It's a religious. Yeah. It's not a religious book, but it's written by a priest. Yeah. So he uses Christian language. He says a constant communion uh, with God, but he's not one of those. Yeah. God hates fags or anything. No, like that. Right. He's like a good one. Uh, Jesus like, came to this out of a religion, but that does. But it does transcend. And it's, well, that's it, his whole point. Yeah. Is he's saying you shouldn't have to come to church. Right. You shouldn't have to take the sacrament. You shouldn't have to. You should realize all of that is a dress rehearsal for the real communion with God, which is life itself. Yes. And when I read that, it moves me. Yes. And it makes me want to cry. Yeah. And it also there are other times in the same day, I'll look at that book. Or I'll consider meditating, or I'll consider going on a walk, or I'll consider seeing one of these genius friends I told you is in my mm-hmm. phone. And it's too I'll I'll consciously, not subconsciously, I'll consciously go, I don't I don't have it in me. Mm-hmm. I can't commune. I can't plug into the all. Mm-hmm. I don't want to learn. I don't want to be heard and I don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. I want to retreat. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about what I think what we're talking about is working out that muscle working out if we can somehow expand if we can somehow expand our hearts and open our hearts even more to flush out some of the fear and to flush out some of that fear of uh, the dread of the downfall mm-hmm. that maybe we could live a little bit more fully right that our endurance or capacity for that is more continuous right it's bridged but from- also what you said that which is so brilliant is, is seeing as the downfall is not mm-hmm. not is a break huge. from it yeah yeah yeah, that it's not just because the the plane tips its nose doesn't mean you have to fly it into the mountain kind of thing. Hey, wow. that, never heard that. I may have heard. I don't know that I. Maybe I. I don't know. Maybe I heard it. But that's what that that is something that comes up for me analogously a lot is uh, and and has been helpful. Mm. Um, and something you just said about the I I was 
born, you know, into these into this hippie household, uh, non-religious, so which is pretty unusual. But that sought me. That meant that I sort of came out searching and would like really wanted to. I wanted to understanding. I wanted to make sense of the all. Yeah. And I would spend the night at friends' houses to go to church with them in the morning. Oh, and you like, wanted yeah, to? I wa- I really wanted to figure it out. So I thought because it was something. You know, it was other. And my my dad was very. You know, like you're lucky Far you out, get to man. figure it out. Yeah, I'm as not going to give you an answer. Giving it in a suppository as a child. Yeah, exactly. And I, I would ask, and they wouldn't have answers. And I, I really did spend my entire life trying to figure it out. And what I came to is that, like, especially more recently, what I'll try to do just from my for my own anxiety, or or I found that this is very useful, is that when I wake up in the morning, I try to have gratitude for something, something that I mm. can like really lock into, and it might be something that's connected to, the, it might be trees and oxygen, it, might, it, could be, it could be a person, it could be like caretakers in general, or parents, yeah. or you know, yeah, yeah. like love itself, the way that it comes through pets sometimes. I, don't, I mean, it's just, yeah. it has to be something that I can really eventually feel feel connected to in a real way. And then that I've come to realize is like what someone else would call prayer or this idea of all is what someone else would call God. And it doesn't bother me. Like I was, I I had eventually, I'd gone to Catholic schools and I'd eventually become um, uh, anti-religious. And my daughter, Mia. (laughs) Find something new every day over here at Meltdown. Because I'm Asian. Adorable. (laughs) It's got good eyes. Hi, Mia. Hi, Mia. She's getting tall. She's got gumball leggings on. She just had a spurt or something. She did. Yeah, I don't like that. She is your daughter. To the passing of time. <laughs> no, I'm okay with it. So you can't feel gratitude and anxiety at the same time. There you go. Yeah, that's and it's, true. And it feels but like prayer. It feels like prayer and that and that uh, having been um, anti-religious or something, or like, you know, having had a problem with religion, organized religion in general for a long time, I have now come to a place where I don't, I don't mind that someone else might call what I believe God. Here, here, yes, I understand. I'm going to take it one step further. Yeah. It's like uh, I think having a problem with religion is is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. But that vocabulary. What I'm discovering when I tell you that I'm reading a book, uh, I actually recommend. It's called it's called Falling Upwards. That's why I said Falling Upwards mm. earlier. It's called Falling Upwards, mm-hmm. and it's about. Um, the second half of your life after you've experienced some pain and some sort of falling and all this sort of stuff. It's not a self-help book in the sense that it's like, read this after a breakup. Mm -hmm. It's just about life Mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. But what I'm discovering is there are people who might be in different religious practices that use that vocabulary just because that's the vocabulary that they're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding for better or worse that that's that's mine too. I I would rather say... God than the love force that created all of the universe or right. whatever. You or know the what magic mean? of infinity or whatever. Because when I yeah. say God, I don't picture a bearded yeah. man in the sky. No. So when I, when other people say it, that's what they picture and that's what they think I mean. Right. The conscious lifeguard God who's telling me not to smoke. Right. I, I don't think we can summon God. I think we're sitting inside of him. Right. Or her. Or her. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Oh, for you it's and your people? All. Yeah, no, I mean, thank just the you. all. <laughs> What? It's all. It's not him or her. It's, yeah. It's universal. Well, it is all. See, I understand that. Right. But when I say God, I'm thinking all. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And when I'm thinking prayer, I'm thinking deliberately against the grooves of your brain. When I, when my feet hit the floor every morning, I, I just list off wonderful words. Mm-hmm. And it's been helping me. Yeah. And that's like a prayer. Yeah. I don't say, dear Jesus, thank you for this day. That's what I used to say. You just say love, gratitude, peace, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, wonder, 
curiosity. Breath, yeah. Breath, trees. trees. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. A, gra- yeah. a gratitude walk. That's what I used to do. Nice. I don't do it anymore. No. Because fuck that shit. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No. But you're right. Just being grateful for your apartment or your car or your meal. That, that used, to, it used to be like, mm-hmm. why are we having the family prayer for the meal? Mm-hmm. Where was the prayer? Where was the gratitude for the car that took you to the meal mm-hmm. or, or the time you had to prepare the meal? Mm-hmm. Where, where is the constant state of mm-hmm. gratitude? Uh, yeah. I'll why are we it. taking a moment amidst family arguments because mm-hmm. we're all shits to each other <laughs> to be like, thank you for this bucket of KFC? <laughs> Fuck that. That's why people get upset. It's, it's hypocrisy and it's disconnect and it's yeah. inauthentic. Yeah. And, and when you really get in touch with a mystic or an in-touch person or an enlightened person, you're like, oh, I get it. Then you're back to like a special special kind of magic mm-hmm. that can, of course, be abused in some of the sure. examples we talked about earlier. Yeah. But I think there are authentic ones. The, yeah, absolutely. For some reason, I keep thinking about this factoid that I don't know. I don't know where I got it or if it's true, but that uh, astronauts often in when they um, I can't believe you're about to say this. What go out in when they when they fly out? Yeah. What am I saying? When they launch out into the outer atmosphere and they take a look back at the Earth, Earth gazing, Earth gazing. So they, they have there's a certain emotional state that's created by seeing it yeah. as one entity. Yeah, right. And they and they a lot of people uh, a lot of astronauts report. Like a life-changing experience. And that's, speaking of uh, how long it takes you to write a pilot, they allot for that. You know what I mean? You have Ah. that much work to do. They know that you're going to spend some time staring at the Earth. Even though you're the most type A scientist person that NASA's ever seen. Your brain chemistry is changing. Once you're up there, you can't. You can't not look at the Earth. And once you get... That's why... I'm fascinated with the fact that we're on a planet and, and, and that astronauts get to see that, that they get to break away from it and look back on it is a, is a religious experience. They all often talk about how fragile it looks and how vulnerable it looks mm, because it is. It's a rock floating, yeah. It's a mm-hmm. rock floating outside. And it's not just outside in blackness. It's outside in like what seems to be the busiest neighborhood ever. <laughs> There's fucking asteroids and yeah. all these things going around and, and it's never ending. So, yeah, earth gazing has a lot to do with my faith, too. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Where did I just hear that? There's a YouTube video. If you type in earth gazing, there's a good 45-minute, I think it's that long, (coughs) video about earth gazing. Wow. It sounds like we're pretty similar. (laughs) Like we just solved it all? No. No. (laughs) I, I mean, I'll tell you, for better or worse, as I get older, my tolerance for two things. One's going to upset some people. One's going to upset the other people. One is a thoughtless faith makes mm-hmm. my dick so soft. <laughs> I just, it goes inside, inside of me and I hate it. I just, I can't stand, um, it's how I was raised. I don't, I don't think about it much. And that's what I like. I, I just, that was the, that's how, what you were born into? Kind of. Mm-hmm. But then I, I really got into it. I mm-hmm. was like, you're telling me this book is the living word of God. I'm mm-hmm. going to memorize it. Mm-hmm. Because I believe you. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a smiley kid too. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a sweet kid, and okay, well, okay I, I yeah. take your word for it. Yeah. You say this is important. I'm going to get into it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. Under, I honestly didn't understand why everybody wasn't vying and studying to become pastors. Mm-hmm. I was like, if this is the truth, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Yeah. And they'd be like, well, because I went to a very like yuppie church. They'd be like, well, God needs you know accountants. And he, <laughs> he needs lawyers. BMWs. We need to, yeah. He needs mm-hmm. BMW salesmen too. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's a prestigious job to me. <laughs> Um, but the idea is, uh, so I don't like that. I don't like blind, 
in unconsidered life or an unconsidered faith in mm-hmm. general, faith being part of your life. And then I also, um, this is the part that might be unpopular. I've had so many atheists on the show. I'm just telling you my honest reaction, for better or worse, given my infomercial open brain, mm-hmm. which is could be considered a flaw, it's less. It's getting less and less fun for me to talk to people who are just like, there's nothing and that's it. Right. And I'm like, I'll listen to you and I'll be honest with you that I there's parts of me that love that interpretation. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm kind of getting tired of it. I'm tired. Well, I'm tired of it in the sense that of that presumes that presumes uh, knowledge in the same way. That presumes presumes it's as presumptuous as assuming there's a big guy in the sky. To yeah, me, uh, yeah, I, I to I, say that there's nothing. You don't. You don't. A good no. You cannot know. A good atheist, mm-hmm. and that we've had many on the show, mm-hmm. will tell you that they don't know. Right. And and that's absolutely true. And uh, you know, I want to make sure. We represent the atheist weirdo as well, and I'm always trying to do a good job. They they tell you I, – I, somebody emailed me this. They were like, the uh, atheists say that you throw a thousand-sided die into a well, and one side of that die, there is a god. And mm. they're like, we think it's most – the evidence points to there being no god. Um, and that's, that's – But there, the evidence points to there being no man with a beard on a cloud. Right. To me, I would say the dice, you, the well, and the ground you're standing on are all God, are all a thing. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when you start really talking with an atheist, as has happened many times on this show, and I'm quoting Rob Bell here, who's a, a very good friend of mine and a pastor, he talks about, like, we realize we don't believe in the same God. Mm-hmm. We, neither of us believe in that God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's a wonderful place to go. Right. And I just... I would like to see people green lighting. So the I don't know hole, it's like a little pinprick in a piece of paper, is a fun hole to go into. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go, I don't know, and let's ignore that little imperfection. Mm-hmm. I say go into the I don't know hole mm-hmm. and start playing. Right. Start hypothesizing right. and start engaging. it for yourself at least, yeah. There are atheists that like the show because it's a little bit like pornography. It's like they don't <laughs> – they enjoy the fantasy of pretending to be a spiritual person for a while, even uh-huh. though that doesn't fit, not as a bad thing, that doesn't fit into their brain. That doesn't mm-hmm. please their brain. Mm-hmm. Great. And then they take a little dip in this, and then that's fun. Yeah, maybe I like a cum shot in the eye. <laughs> you just right know. in the eye. <laughs> right, right in the eye. That's something I've never heard in pornography is keep your eye open. <laughs> Oh my God! That's the well, spi- in spiritual porn. Is there a spy po? Spy porn? Spy po? Spy po? Maybe it's What's a spy new po? genre we, we're making up. What spiritual is Spiritual pornography. Spiritual pornography. <laughs> well, I mean, it, you won't find too many podcasts where you're talking about this, and then you're talking about coming in and out. <laughs> no. And did I ruin it all? No, it's all. It is all. No, you didn't ruin anything. Um. No, I. That when I was in high school, I was. Uh, I was. To had at one point declared atheism and and because uh, I went to a Catholic school uh, for no no not connected to religious reasons for at all and in our morality class I believe it was like our junior year they were like one day we walked into class and the teacher was like all right everybody who believes in God sit on this side of the room and everybody who doesn't sit on this side of the room <laughs> and it was me and Teresa Kramer on uh, one side of the room TK TK who against like an army of kids who had been in Catholic school since the day they were born, you know, since, since kindergarten. But the interesting thing was, is it was just for the purposes of, uh, of, of conversation and debate and some kids, one kid traded sides and one kid ended up in the middle. Really? Yeah. See, I, I think, I think the middle, I think the middle is great. 
Mid- I, I almost ended up in the middle, but I was sticking to my. I'll tell you something. No, that's great. That's, yeah. that's a better story. <laughs> I'll tell you something. The um, nothing makes me more angry than the Kirk Camerons of the world that mm-hmm. go, "Oh, science thinks something comes from nothing, mm-hmm. and that can't be." Mm-hmm. Like belligerent and mm-hmm. cocksucker. Look at the banana. Look at the banana. Yeah, their, is that their thing? That it's a uh, God's convenience food because it has a tab on it. Is made for man to peel open. How how is it possible that there's no god if a banana was made designed so that a man could peel it open with its stem? But, like, but monkeys, when they open a banana, snap it in half. I know, and that's how I open a <laughs> I banana. Know. Too. That's the perfect response yeah. to that. Uh, Kirk, excuse me, Kirk. <laughs> when I open a banana, I do it like a monkey, and I snap it in half, and that's how everybody's done it. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't it have a stem? It's growing off of a tree. It's 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 protruding off of a thing, off of a bunch of bananas. This is like a video I saw attacking Dawkins. Like See, like... okay, that's <laughs> this is where I now I'm going back on what I said. Love atheism and enjoy it. If that's the alternative, if right. we're splitting up the room, mm-hmm. they're like, who believes in God? There's actually I, I really love this moment. So Rob Bell is this pastor, mm-hmm. and I love him very dearly. And he wrote this book uh, called Love Wins. It's very important to me. It's it's about a reclaiming of spirituality as the vocabulary that we choose to understand infinite spiritual truths, mm-hmm. something that you would completely vibe with, something that any – I send it to my weird – we'll be drinking in a bar, and I'll send it to a comedian, and they always enjoy it. It's, mm-hmm. it's not dogma. It's not false sort mm-hmm. of stuff. So mm-hmm. I love it. But uh, he he did my TV show, and I remember somebody came up afterwards and was like, can I get a picture with you guys? I'm a Christian, too. And I was just like, I don't – what do you – you know what I mean? Like I'm like, that's just not – that's not my trip, man. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's not – I don't think you understand the work – that I'm doing, right. if that's how you're going to say that to right, me. Right. You know what I mean? No. That's why when your teacher's separating the room or you're like, who's a Christian and who's not a Christian? I'm like, are you beheading people? <laughs> what is this? Have you marked us for yeah. death? Yeah. Fuck that shit. I know. That's not it's what really it's bizarre. about. Yeah. And, you know, if, if there's a... It, I. The atheists are very appealing as a group because they're not doing shit like that. Mm-hmm. An atheist wouldn't want you to separate the room and be like these are the idiots they're you know when you talk about looking at evidence and all that sort of stuff that's wonderful i live in a world that is wonderfully um contributed to by atheists because if it was all me's shit would be on fire yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? like we'd all be We're doing spinning. some yeah, some, some pagan ritual <laughs> i'd be like let's dig let's just dig it feels good to Naked dig under the moon yeah. everything under the moon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> under the moon on the top <laughs> yeah, fuck me. But that's how I'm full of shit. And I, I think it's fun to know how you're full of shit and then just be like, that's that yeah. that is my trip. Yeah. I'm that I'm I'm full of that type of shit. Yep. And you're full of that type of shit. But think about it and have have some uh educated purpose. Yeah. Be purposeful about it, about your thinking. Transrational you're baby. Transrational. I love that you, you I just learned the word transrational. I read it in that book. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. I almost tweeted. I was like, I just learned the word transrational. (laughs) Guess what's coming up on the podcast? The word transrational. (laughs) A lot. Like, a lot. So what about death? Um, When you die, do you think it's over? Um, I don't. I don't. I I think that there's... uh, 
something to our having been like energy can't be destroyed. So it's like our having been living organisms. Uh, I think that what about we, consciousness though? Consciousness. Your energy will certainly go somewhere else, but sure. what about Emily? But I feel like it, it then, I guess it might be uh, so not as a self or a being, but it, it's, like that consciousness I think does like still participate in some way in the mm. all. And mm. I don't, not as a solid mass or thing. Like I don't think we necessarily look back on ourselves or our lives. I, I believe a little bit that like there might be different forms of that, like different concentrations. Like somebody might be at the end of their run and just kind of their consciousness turns very particular and turns to dust and sort of casts itself into everything mm. and breathes around with the water and the air. Mm-hmm. Or if someone has uh, more to deal with or isn't... Or they come back in a person. Either come back in a person or they haunt people with a ball and chain. I, I really don't know. Like, I, I haven't ruled out... Um, I'm not into like ghosts and metaphysical stuff, but I haven't ruled out like there being a still a coagulation of energy when something or a person or a solar spirit hasn't quite finished. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that that, I think that dissipates as quickly. I think that if we are going around and around and around, I think one of the meanings of life might be to uh, become enlightened mm-hmm. yeah. and, and to transcend. Yeah. And yeah. then maybe that's when you're like, okay. I'm dust. And I'm done. And I'm going to be in this stream. Yeah. And also a part of me will be in this cap. Yeah. Because that, that cat looks like he's present as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, that yeah. star dropping, yeah, that asteroid, that falling. I, I've had moments. Did I ever tell you I smoked DMT by accident? Un- what? Unwittingly. <laughs> How did you? I, Emily, I was just going to say, I was just talking to Rory on New Year's Eve about a guy who smoked DMT. I've never met anybody that smoked DMT. Oh, really? Harris has, I think. Harris Whittles? Uh-huh. He did the podcast and we didn't talk about him smoking? Wow. I think I think he's the one other person I know, for sure. So I, w- believe me, we're going to get into that a yeah. million percent. So <laughs> someone Rory heard of, I don't think he knew him, but heard of smoke, maybe you knew him, smoked DMT. He was, you know, eyes rolling back for about five minutes, six mm-hmm. minutes. And when he came back, it's kind of a classic drug story. When he came back too, he thought he had been gone for two weeks and speaking of Native Americans, he thought he was a Native American man with a wife and two children, you know, wow. living in a, I don't know if it was a teepee or whatever, but he lived that life sun up, sun down, sun up, sun down for 14 days. Wow, I can see that. Not being like, I'm really Phil. Mm-hmm. Just being that guy. Mm-hmm. Just completely changed channels mm-hmm. and lived as that guy. And then one day was like, and came back to Phil. And they were like, Phil, you were tripping for six minutes. And he was like, I was gone for two weeks. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's insane. Now that story may, one, may not be true. Two, maybe exaggerate. Who knows? What's your story? It's not as, it wasn't as. Um, Who gave you TMT? Some kids I grew up with in San Francisco. I was like home during college, like out drinking, and we smoked a joint, and it was just like. <laughs> they just put DMT in yes. the joint? 
Yes, it was before anyone had ever heard of it. It was like, it took me, it took five so years before anyone knew what I was talking about. Five years before I could oh. say, could, could anyone would ever understand what I was saying. It's like DMT and it's like some kind of a, um, you know, pesticide or something. You never heard it and no one had ever heard of it. Well, DMT is, uh, we've talked about it a couple of times on the show. It, it occurs naturally. It's in grass. It's in you. You're, oh, ma- right. you're made of DMT right. uh, to a certain extent. Not Not like, not in the way that you're made of carbon, but there's DMT in you right, right now. So when you're um, smoking DMT, I think you're also smoking an inhibitor, something that stops whatever whatever the enzymes are that stop you from tripping all the time mm-hmm. are blocked. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens when you die. This is what happens when you're in a coma. Apparently DMT is released. Yes. And from what I've heard, you can have very – not I think I'm dead, mm-hmm. but I know I'm dead. Mm-hmm. I'm dead. Mm-hmm. And then you have very vivid God visions. Yeah, mine was, it was, must have been a very light, it, I didn't think I was dead. This is exactly what happened was that um, the words were happening after the communication, like the, 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 so communication was happening before the words were coming out of people's mouths and I, oh. I could see and hear it and all of the, Wait, what do you mean? So before I said, wait, what do you mean? You would know that what, I was yeah. going to say, wait, what wait, do you mean? Wait, what do you mean was already out before the words were out. Yeah. So you were picking up the frequency <laughs> of my thought, which was, wait, what do you mean? And then I would say it and you'd be like, obviously. Yeah, it would just fall out after the meaning was already out. How long and was that the other, going on? This, the whole, this whole thing was probably like five to five. Five to five minutes, five, yeah, probably five minutes. We're like, I also like Donnie was very, Darko seeing where people were gonna yes, go. Yeah, a bit of that. Except that the visual of it for me was that everything was, um, it was almost like seeing every thread on every dimension. So I could see all of the coding as and the, like the threading. Matrix. I guess so. It, well, you, I would, the you, best way I would describe it is like if it was an ongoing uh, quilt that in every direction that you could see every fiber and every thread. Oh. And then this is this is what's crazy that the words that fell out of my mouth were so clear to me as far as what they meant and I think they in my mind they fell out before the words fell out but it was like yeah. it was um we're here and everyone was like who wasn't quite like experiencing it in the same way I was like oh where where are we um and to me it was obvious like we were there we were at nirvana we were communicating without words like it was all it was the all we were there oh my god and nobody else knew what i was talking about i'm not they were I'm... using it as a um definitely like a recreational i don't know what the point of them having it was they were just getting fucked up man <laughs> that's what's so unfortunate i know that when DMT is such a powerful thing that it deserves your reverence, I think. <laughs> I think so. Any, any hallucinogen, I think, deserves your respect. I think so. And I sure. don't understand people, I say this all the time, that take mushrooms in a cab on the way to New Year's no. Eve. You're not supposed to do that. No. In fact, some friends of mine just took them on, on New Year's Eve, and I was like, you're going to take mushrooms with these motherfuckers? <laughs> you want that motherfucker in the room when you're talking to God? Connecting, yeah. Are you fucking full of shit? <laughs> fucking nuts so that but i'm glad they they gave it to you i kind of envy that because the beatles the first time they did lsd uh their their house guests the, they were in britain those london they're off spoofed i forget their names uh, they're like weird london artists right like 1960s go-go artists uh put lsd in their water so they were drinking the water and then they were like um don't panic 
I've put LSD in your water because they know that there's this association with it that can release the panic vibe in you and then you have like you could have a less fun mm-hmm. trip. Similarly, DMT is such a serious thing mm-hmm. that people that smoke it I think tend to have like scarier yeah. experiences. Yeah. I've this... heard of people floating like gravity just floating in space and but like having that be very real mm-hmm. and very terrifying with nothing touching you on any side and you're just kind of hurling not falling but just kind of disconnected from anything and that being someone said there's a movie called DMT it's on Netflix mm-hmm. it's narrated by Joe Rogan hilariously like really, re- really badly that's weird I'm not cheating weird... on Joe Rogan it's just like badly directed badly put together I think in my mind well he does it I think uh-huh, uh-huh okay in the weirdest way that I'd like to have Joe on the show. I've asked him before, but he, you know, loves UFC and he, he works out and does a certain type of comedy. Uh, I don't even know his comedy, but I don't think it's what you would. It's not Duncan Trussell's set, right? But he's also got a sensory deprivation tank and does fascinating right, different things. Yeah, I can't believe that thread thing. Yeah, I'm getting such a vivid imagination of what that might have been like. Yeah, yeah. So and it was pleasant. It was totally pleasant, and I was not scared at all. It it all made complete sense. I was yeah. like, "Aha!" Uh-huh. See, that's that's what people have. People that have near death experiences often report being in a place of complete love and understanding everything, mm-hmm. and then they spend the rest of their lives. The people that come back spend the rest of their lives trying to articulate mm-hmm. that feeling, mm-hmm. which you articulated as "We're here." We're here. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. We're here, man. <laughs> I love that. And people laughing. That's one of the feelings of like even marijuana, um, because we've been on hiatus, I I smoked it more than I ever have. Not ever have. uh, But, you know, a couple times. In succession. Yeah, in succession. There was one time when I did it two days in a row. That was just like unheard of. Right. But even when you're on weed, that's one of those things where you think you're seeing things that no one else is seeing. I actually don't like watching comedies and stuff that people like to do when they're high because I'm watching it and I can't tell did he mean that to be funny or do i think that's funny you know what I mean? so <laughs> there's when, a separation yeah there's a separation yeah. and, and a confusing feeling so when you're like we're here and they're like where are we em? <laughs> oh where are we em the smiley i can't even remember the nickname the smiley m m smiley m smiley it's not a good name it's not good no it's not good, it's not good at all. but uh that's crazy yeah and yeah. the other people smoking it didn't have anything similar you know, uh, smoking the strongest we never really, hallucinogen I, they we didn't have. have something. I don't. It was the. I will say it was the closest I've ever come to a threesome. Yeah. Immediately following that, that love state, of course, also didn't happen. DM three way. <laughs> <laughs> this is the close. Yeah, and, and but those other. So I never rehashed the experience with those people because I was so embarrassed afterwards. Oh. Interesting. Not I'm specifically about that. And I mean, I think now, years later, I would be like, sure. if that did happen, I w- it wouldn't be so mortifying. But it's just like in you know somewhere in my twenties, and I was just like, oh my god, right? I can't believe, right? But that's, <laughs> that, that's who am I? Who that's not me? Or that's whatever, the next. You know? That's the other hippie thing <laughs> that makes us so uncomfortable. That sort of transcendence and getting to that place, and then um, you know, the 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 <laughs> I was going to say less classical. Meaning, <laughs> what I, less classical sexual experiences I've had in my life uh-huh. um, can feel incredibly transcendent. And right. what is the word? S- samadhi. 
Samadhi meaning intense presence. Right. Um, right. It hasn't been pornographic. The, right. The, the more exciting things I've done. Sure. They haven't been pornographic or uh, even just like carnal and indulgent. Right. It's been a little bit it's it's been a little bit of DMT. Right. For me. And a I'm fortunate in that way. I'm not yeah. saying uh you know having a, an eight-way in a van behind a carnival is necessarily is going to be that way. Like mushrooms, I think you need to respect those experiences right. and right. be like we're going to do this properly. Right. And then I think you can uh get some juice out of it. Sure. Not, not just getting off or whatever. Well, yeah, there, I think there's an unhealthy approach to it that yeah. is more carnal and, you know, can be What's well, living pornography? Destructive. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. And then there is a more healthful attitude towards it that can right. be enlightened. Unlocked with DMT. Unlocked with but, it, but in that moment, see, that's one of those things is like when you are feeling connected and when we are avatar style holding arms and chanting around a tree, why, why is the, the hippie uh, – stereotype being these people doing these mind-altering drugs and playing acoustic guitar and swimming together and then getting to that place where it's like, why wouldn't you fuck my girlfriend? Right. She is a she enjoyed it. You right. know what I mean? And you enjoyed it. And I love both of you. Like if you if you see the strings and the quilt, right. I think you're not going but that's my Possession. girlfriend. Right. And but again, the, I, I can feel people being like, fuck that. I love my wife. I love my family. And, and this whole society, I get Because the rest of it. that is all true. That conscious mind. We're talking about an unconscious state or a le- – or, mm, uh, there's something about when you we start to cross over into the definition of an open relationship there where it's like that is all that all may be true but then you also have to respect that not in that state who we are as human beings right. not in that state where right. we do have attachments and there's more to and it and you are at an H&R block and, and, <laughs> and you do want to leave your girlfriend at a party and not worry that you're going to lose this person that you're parenting yes, kids with yeah. or that you rely on to sleep on your chest yes. and all that sort of stuff and that's beautiful yes and, and respecting that. that as well I think that's why I, I I have had friends go through certain experiences with open relationships recently and they haven't ended well and I and I hate to say it like I'm I'm open to the discussion but I hate to say that I always have kind of been like yeah well what did we think was going to happen but only because I think like you you do have to respect those those practical compa- uh, the compatibility the sort of um, the the partnership that is like not it's not driven by a constant state of sexual openness. You right. know what I mean? There are yep. other aspects to it I'm that are s- just as legitimate. I completely agree. I, I think there's a beauty, and I've experienced it, to monogamy and, and regular things. That's why people keep going back to it. I also think it's cultural why people keep going back to it. Mm-hmm. And I think there is something that seems gluttonous. Mm-hmm. But it's that constant communion thing. Mm-hmm. If we're always tripping and if we're always connecting and if we're always – really just plugging into the all. Mm-hmm. But we're not. A lot of times, I think at the, when you reduce it, you're not necessarily this enlightened being that shares your girlfriend with another person. Uh, you're just you're just bored or horny or rebelling against this, that, or the other. I will say this. There's ecstasy at the end of both of those roads. And there's discomfort during both of them. Mm-hmm. The discomfort of monogamy, we all know, is dramatized around us constantly. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got bored, this, that, they fell out of love and all that sort of stuff. But we're also aware that that road is paved and peppered with these little treats of like, I love that you're mine. Mm-hmm. I love being yours. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's, that's some of the best stuff you can get. Mm-hmm. We know that for sure. Mm-hmm. The, the less traditional path, I know for sure there's, there's judgment. That's, that's going to be... 
your problem. Mm-hmm. You might have some judgment. You might you might even judge yourself. Mm-hmm. There's also you judge ecstasy. Each other. You're, yeah. yeah, and you're gonna find some Cadbury cream eggs on that path as well. <laughs> that every time you eat one, you go, "Oh, right, mm-hmm. this is why I fuck everybody." <laughs> Similarly, the m- monogamous people are finding those Cadbury cream eggs and going, "Oh, this is why I fuck everybody." Both paths are saying fuck everybody. Either you're saying I'm not gonna fuck other people, or you're saying it's stupid not to fuck other people. Nobody's got it figured out. And guess what? Uh, they, they're all kind of fucked eventually anyway. <laughs> what I mean is people cite monogamy as this wonderful thing. I'm also understanding that. I just right. want to be, I, I just right. really want to be clear that I understand that. Um, but it, monogamy doesn't work either. That's, that's the best thing. That's the best argument the non-monogamous people can say. Right. Neither that's sort work. Of the argument for democracy and communism. And yeah, that's all right. Of these things. None of them work. Yeah, none of them quite work. But or they do individually. They do in their own as they're invented by the person, the two people inside of the relationship. Right. Like it's only up to those two people to be able to make it work in their like their collective but, creative uh, endeavor. Yes. That then that's possible. You what can't do it by necessarily by design. Yeah. Or by prediction. Right. Right. Or by planning. I think that's where we run into problems. Right. If we're being present and if we accidentally smoke DMT mm-hmm. and suddenly it makes sense to have a three-way, that's when you have a three-way. Mm-hmm. If if you're if you have three uh, smoke DMT, I'm just using smoke DMT as as a placeholder for uh, experience something, something knocking, yeah. being mm-hmm. being real. Be, so, it doesn't have to be a drug. Mm-hmm. It could be a walk or a swim or something that knocks you into this wonderful place. If we're being honest and we're being open and we're negotiating things in real time and we don't have any secrets from people, then it's possible to probably do anything. Mm-hmm. And I actually would say that my ideal would be uh, just like, do I believe in God? Which side of the classroom am I on? You're, you, I, don't, I resent the question. Right. You want a picture because you're a Christian too? You want a picture because you're a monogamous too? Mm-hmm. You're not on my trip, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. You don't understand. Yeah. I don't think you're – I don't think the needle's on the record. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're being in the moment right, right now because as soon as we start throwing around like any term, I'm a vegan, I'm a, I'm a smoker, yes. I'm a Democrat, I'm a gun owner, mm-hmm. I just – it doesn't make any sense It becomes like arbitrary noise that people cling on to just to feel like they have uh, – are not falling off of this ball of dirt. That's right. Yeah. I can't fall off. Yeah. I'm a microwave owner. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's so funny that you say that. I've ordered things online. I think I've said that. I know I've said this on the podcast before. But uh, I've gotten to that point. I know I have. <laughs> I've ordered things online like I'll order an iPad. And then I. this was when I was young. I don't feel this way anymore. You used to order iPads when you were young? Yep. <laughs> that was, that's brilliant. <laughs> I ordered a uh, one of those old Discman that would play a disc that had MP3s on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Pretty close to an iPad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the iPad of the time. Right. You could burn a disc with like 50 songs, like low quality mm-hmm. Napster downloaded bullshit. Some of them are half songs. And I'd put them on some TDK thing with like a tiny display and I'd uh, put it on shuffle. I love it. So I would order that. And then I remember thinking, I can't die. That's coming. Like it would, it would again. It would just mm-hmm. help me feel less afraid for being on a rock. I'm not just floating on a rock. Mm-hmm. I'm a man who's promised an MP3 player. Yeah, that will be delivered to me. Same is true for elections. I think people are like that. Elections coming. I yeah. know that. That's that. I have an attachment to that or thing. Your birthday yeah. or your anniversary. Mm-hmm. All these different things. That's 
coming. Christmas mm-hmm. is coming. Mm-hmm. I think that all the time. We're actually uncovering kind of a secret thought that I have all the time, which is like, am I going to die? I can't die. I have that show tomorrow. <laughs> That's why we want to plan things. Yeah. It's nuts. Wow. My secret thought is that I'm probably dying all the time. Well, you are, right? Well, yeah. Sylvia sure. Plath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are dying. Yeah. You're decomposing. Slowly. I'm dying. It's true. Hit the peak. On the downward downward roll. Second half of the game. Second half this of is, the game. It's a Dan Natterman bit. It's so funny. He goes, life is like a basketball game, and the first half is pretty great, but we all know what happens in the second <laughs> half. You're up at halftime. But we all lose. But to that I say, no, we don't. No, we don't. But we do, we do know the game ends. Thank God. Anything could happen to in the quote, second half. To quote the wonderful Duncan Trussell, if we are... If you were, let's not say, this isn't necessarily true, but if you were a bunch of spirits living in infinity with this God all creation thing, and you wanted to elect to go to a planet so that you might learn about love and life and and grow in some way. So it's like an arcade. Mm -hmm. You're not going to play the game that you have to play forever. You're not going to play the game. You're not going to put your quarter in the machine that goes, you play this for infinity. Right. You're going to play the one that ends. Right. We want things to end. Right. And it's good that they end. Right. And we've said this many times, chocolate wouldn't taste good if you knew you could live forever. Right. Because you'd always be like, well, let's go find something better, possibly. Or would you be as uh, wrapped by the story if it didn't have a second and third act? And then That's right. (laughs) Why record this conversation? Why be excited that it was so wonderful and put it out? It's because I know I'll die and I didn't die before we did this. In the making of this. Before we were done. Right. I take out a handgun. <laughs> That's what I was saying. <laughs> wow. Were you planning something What for did us? Pete say before he died? <laughs> well, he talked for about two hours. <laughs> Do you feel good? I feel amazing. I feel good, too. It's been two hours. Two hours? Yeah. That's incredible. I like you, Pete. I love you. You're a good egg. Sorry to up it. No, I love... <laughs> we, I love you, too. No, you don't have to. I do. We no. are of love. We... We are here. We are here. We are here. I see the strength. Would you say um, thank you so much? Thank you so much. Would you say keep it crispy? That's how we end. Keep it crispy. <laughs> I suddenly turned into a, a love advice. <laughs> Keeping it crispy. <laughs> Taking callers. <laughs> this one goes out to Jeanette. So sorry that I saw the strings and had a three-way with your two friends last night. <laughs> <laughs> and now... Who could it be now? By who sang that? The uh, men at work. Because <laughs> I was a man at work last night. Samadhi, baby. But I did have to retire. Okay. <laughs> oh wait, I didn't ask you the hardest time you've ever laughed. That's, I haven't done a podcast in a while. Oh, hardest I've ever laughed. Yeah, yeah. Yes. The hardest I've ever laughed. You know, I honestly <laughs> think it's probably. Oh, I think the hardest I've ever laughed was drive, being a teenager. Dri- I mean, this is not uh, a joke. doesn't have to be a good a story. Teenager, or a joke. Uh, driving around San Francisco in a trunk. <laughs> you were in a trunk? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me and my friend Cressy. We actually needed help and wanted to get out, but we couldn't stop. It was one of those things where like everyone in the car thought we were... And it was really funny, but it was so dangerous and we knew it. And we're just like, the danger of it. Oh, yeah. I think caused this reaction of like, Took you we're going to die. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. this actually happened. No, two nights, almost a similar thing. Christian and I were in Denver. 
This might have been one of the hardest. He put I've ever me watched. in a truck. He put me in a truck. No, we were going to catch a movie. We we're going to see Wolf of Wall Street. We missed it because uh, the the Uber whatever got stuck in a rave convention traffic. There was oh. like a rave convention. So we isn't that um, just called a rave? I know, but I think in this day and age, just meet and talk about raves. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It was at a convention center, and it had to. It felt like a meeting of the rave minds or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but we missed the movie and a pedicab pulled up and we wanted to go to this other place that was like, you know, not quite two miles away. And I, I don't like those things because it feels like weird slavery or something. But yeah. we were just like, yeah, he was so into it. He's like, yeah, I want some help. And we were right. like, sure. We hopped in and he. It's like did- pornography. She's into it. <laughs> I think she likes it. Yeah, he did not stop for one red light. It was the most death-defying and terror. He almost, really, we almost died so many times. We couldn't. We were holding on to each other, laughing so hard. We couldn't tell him to stop. He's like, you know, if you slow, if you stop in these things, it just kills the momentum. It's worse. And so he was just running and spinning through, like weaving through traffic. Oh my god, momentum. Oh my god. I've never laughed so hard. I was crying, but also like, terrified, terrified, and and just glad we made it on the other end of it it was oh unreal oh my god i'm glad oh i god. asked yeah <laughs> sheer up? terror sheer terror all right take <laughs> say keep it crispy again keep, <laughs> keep it crispy yeah thank you emily maya mills thank you so much now leaving nerdist.com Thank <laughs> you.